You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm trying to get a goddamn What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? I'm finna start this show off by, by getting my shit off. Because I'm tired of y'all. I'm tired of y'all with these trends when it comes to fashion, trying to bring shit in style that y'all used to clown niggas for. You, you know them cookout on dad Nike shoes? Them, mm-hmm. them shoes that white dudes always wearing? Let me just put it to the camera for those of y'all watching the visual. These motherfuckers oh. right here. <laughs> I see them trending, bro. I see them coming in different colors now. I see people talking about they want pairs now. Y'all used to clown people. Them shit look like New Balances. Exactly. Like they're trying to make them now fashionable because somebody, as usual, somebody had the right fit on with these pair of shoes. <laughs> and everybody just started saying, damn, I could look you rotten them bitches. Nah, bro. Y'all used to pick on the little white boys at lunch that had these <laughs> shoes on, and now y'all finna wear these. I'm, I'm tired of it. Y'all did it. Y'all did it with Champion. Y'all did it with Reebok. That's why we can't get Champion out of Walmart no damn more because now Champion shirts $35, $40 a pop. <laughs> like, I'm tired of y'all, bro. Fila, y'all did the same shit with Fila. Yep. Terrible brand. But I isn't this just how it wear. goes, bro? They say everything comes in cycles, bro. It go, it's out of style when uh, it didn't even 10 years later, it's going to be back in style, style, bro. It wasn't even in style before. These were never <laughs> in style. But th- that's what I'm saying. It's out of style. It was out of style when they first came out. Now it's in style. Then soon it's going to be right back uh, out of style. It's a cycle with shoes, bro. Or with fashion, period. It's a cycle. So I that can't be shit. surprised that this is happening, dog. I can't that be surprised. That shit got me high. I see it's certain people I see on my TL right now. I'm like, you would have clowned niggas back in the day for wearing these. And now you water pair? I, no. I'm sorry, y'all. No, I had bro. to get my shit off no. of that. But you know one thing that if it came back, I would really clown niggas for is us, bro. If niggas is oh yeah, niggas because so. I remember, I was wearing us back in middle school Me and too. I used to be getting clown for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Because we are gonna talk about roasting later in this episode. <laughs> but I was getting clown for that shit. If us comes back, it is a popular thing. That's when I know <laughs> everything has a cycle, bro. Everything has. If us comes back, it's come on, bro. That's hey, when I'm gonna know everything. Swinging on niggas. I'm swinging <laughs> on niggas. <laughs> Hey, you got the two horses on that bit? Nah, bro. That's that's I'm wild. Swinging yeah, nah, that's wild, Usman comes back. Oh my nah, god. Bro. That's what I'm saying. Everything comes in cycles, but some <laughs> things just could, should not come back. Like if Arrow came back, oh. it's like, come on, bro. Some shit just should just stay in the graveyard, dog. But Arrow <laughs> brands like Arrow on um, Aeropostale and Hollister and American Eagle, those are real like middle school tier brands. I'm sure mm-hmm. if we were to go to middle schools and elementary schools right now, we'd see people in those I don't think brands. so, bro. Well, not, so. not not as much now because you you see because it was it was we wore that was all we yeah. wore back in, the, in middle school. Yeah, you see ten oh, and eleven year olds now with Yeezys and Dior. Exactly, and bro. So, the price yeah. range definitely has gone up since we've been in middle school. <laughs> like they're wearing Yeezys and Balenciagas to school. They ain't think about no Arrow. They got some cool ass graphic tees or something like that. Like even Arrow. the um, even the haircuts. The number one. To get mm. them damn straight in the number one phase, they get now. Nah. They getting the drop like phase now. Nah. You like a little baby when you got the chill now. Nah. Mm-hmm. Shit, crazy, bro. Everything comes in cycles, but it's just weird how something just, just, just comes back like I, that. 
I had to get my shit off with that. I was like, no, these, like Quincy said, these are some shoes that should never be in style. I don't <laughs> care who you are. Even them uh them sandals that people be like, your uncle wearing when he cooking at the grill. Yo, yo, cookout sandals, yeah. <laughs> if you are not a You got to be 40 plus to have those on, but you got to be 40 plus. On. Yeah, you got to, it's an age, it's an age range for that. You got to be 40 plus, bro. You either got to be that, 40 plus or you got to be a Q. That's the only excuse <laughs> I give you to wear them damn sandals. Everybody else, I'm clowning your ass. That's wild, bro. If this is your first time listening to the Q&E podcast, we do have five segments. We have our sports segment, Two Wild Wednesday, Social Media Wants to Know, Entertainment, and Pastor Ox. So definitely stick with us throughout this whole episode. And also for all of your sports and betting needs, definitely go to BovadaSportsBook.com. And y'all already know we starting off with. We starting off with the NFL Week 12 recap. First thing we're going to talk about is Lamar Jackson. And I want to say this before we dive into the topic, bro, because I see how the media works. The Ravens were 7-3 and three before this week, before losing to the Jaguars this week. They're currently 7-4. and four. But nobody was praising Lamar Jackson before they lost this game. But as soon as they lost this game, now, now all you hear is Lamar Jackson in sports media. Is he costing himself money? Oh, Lamar Jackson, is he that guy? But when he was seven and three with a trash ass offensive roster, nobody was saying shit. Nobody was saying anything bad about Lamar. But as soon as they lose, it's like, damn, now you just see Lamar everywhere. And that's just, it just shows you how media works, bro. They just waiting on your downfall. That's when we're going to talk about you. We ain't going to talk about you when you're doing good. We're just going to talk about your ass when we're doing bad. And look at what we're doing right now. We're going to talk about it when he's doing bad. And we, um, we had the conversation last week with, um, it was the Patrick Mahomes conversation where, for those of y'all who listened, when Quincy was saying when, when number 15 step on the field, when Patrick Mahomes steps on the field, it's just a different level of play. He makes things happen that no one else can. And I, I said, we got to throw Lamar Jackson into that too. Even if there is still a, a talent difference, it's, it's small because I feel Lamar can do the exact same thing. He can make shit happen when no one else can do it. But they lost to the Jags this past week. And like Quincy said, a lot of a lot more people are talking about the Ravens now, but nobody was saying anything going into that week playing the Jags. Because because I want to say I don't think we... I don't even think he costing himself money. I think he's still worth whatever the hell he wants. Because that was the biggest question is he costing himself money. But I just wanted to say that because you look at the roster they have. We're gonna dive into the topic, but look at the roster. They currently have on offense, bro. His best two wide receivers are hurt. Bateman is out for the year. Who was his second? Who was his second best receiver? He's throwing it to Devin Duvernay. Who the fuck is that? A young wide receiver. And I couldn't even tell you another wide receiver on that roster because why does it matter? He they don't get open. And then uh, then he got uh Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews has been hurt for most of this year. So it's like, dog, who does he have on offense? He has this team at seven and four. He should have been in the MVP conversation, should still be in the MVP conversation. But we're talking about him costing himself money because he lost to the Jaguars, who have a good defense, and when his offense is trash, honestly, around him. So it's just weird, bro, why we talk about when we talk about these topics, dog. It's just weird. But one thing that I do want to talk about, um, Michael Vick said this on Shannon Sharp's Club Shay Shay podcast. Michael Vick came out and said he would tell Lamar Jackson if he spoke to him right now, he would tell him don't go for the max money because the goal is to win, bro. When you a quarterback and you touch that max money, you automatically set yourself up to never again really be surrounded by the amount of talent that you could possibly get. Is that his problem, already on the team. Is that his problem, uh, though? 
But the problem is you're trying to get further. You're trying to get further in the playoffs. You're trying to get to and possibly win a Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs, for example, that team was drafted the way they are. Yeah, you got a couple That's of what I'm now. saying. That's but, not on Lamar to ask for less money. It's on the front office to make the right choices around him to still get him weapons. I'm going to make gotta, my money. Because we're think, not, we not saying this about Patrick Mahomes is what I'm saying. Patrick Mahomes making 50. Nobody telling Patrick Mahomes he should have took less, and he's still making shit shake with the pieces. He lost Tyreek Hill, and he still got this team at 9-2. and two, Because he already, though, he already got a Hall of Famer. But that's Travis what I'm Kelsey. saying. You, and you have the offensive guru and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. Like True. it's totally, it's a totally different situation True. than the Ravens with Lamar. Lamar's coaching situation—they've cost them games when Lamar has played great. So he's but, in a situation where mm-hmm. if you get max money and you already don't have that great of talent around you, all that free agency shit, y'all aren't really gonna have the pick of the litter like these other teams. Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs can get a third string wide receiver and make him look like a number two. Because they already have so much other talent that you got to worry about. When it comes to the Ravens, you have to go all in and get number one, at least high caliber number two options. But they ain't going to be able to do that if Lamar gets the amount of money he wants. I think that's what Vic was saying. This is this is my point with the Ravens and with Lamar Jackson and the Mahomes comparison. Because I think the Ravens are putting too much money into their defense. They are putting too much money. And they already and they're going to pay Roquan Smith. This summer, which is going to be even more money that you have to pay toward the defense. You already exactly. pay Marcus Peters. You already pay Marlon Humphrey. But I'm saying you're putting too much money into the defense. Well, if some of those people on the defense just got to go. They got to walk out that door. And you got to put some of that money into the offense. But Lamar is going to get paid, bro. It's not his fault that you've been putting all your money into the defense. You should have been over this time putting that money and making better picks, draft picks for his offense. When you know this is your quarterback of the future. I don't blame that on him. And I'm not going to tell him to make or yeah to make less money because of the what the front office is doing. I got to take advantage of the time that I got now, especially with all of these questions about if what uh, his, uh, if, his, uh, if, if his style of play is um, sustainable. Everybody always questions, can he play for 10 to 15 years with this style of play with him running the ball like he does? Everybody says, oh, is he going to play for a long time? You have to make the most money you can now. You got to capitalize now. So I can't tell you to make less money. When I don't know how long you're going to play. You got to capitalize, bro. We don't know if he's going to have a 15, 20-year career. Because look at Cam. Cam, we could have said Cam in his first couple of years. Oh, he's going to be around for a minute. But Cam really had 10 years, and that was it. Lamar's already in year five. He has that same style of play. He doesn't get hit like Cam used to get hit. But still, we don't know how long this career is going to last. You have to make as much money as you can, bro. So I can't tell him to make less. It's on the front office to make better decisions and put the pieces around him. It's a crossroad that he and the Ravens are going to come to eventually. Of Somebody is going to take the L. Even if Lamar gets the money, he'll he'll get the dub with that. But he could. I just want people to pay attention to the fact that he might take an L when it comes to being surrounded by talent. They, of course, still got a draft player. So um, Mm -hmm. to your point with that, like they could still build a team around him like that. But that's a process that isn't as luxurious as getting big name free agents if you're trying to win as soon as possible while also getting the amount of money you want as soon as possible. I agree. I wouldn't tell Lamar to take less money, but just know what could possibly come with taking the most amount of money. That's all I would say. But we don't tell any of these other quarterbacks that, bro, to take less money. We we seeing that we seeing Derek Carr making damn near 40 million. We telling Derek Carr to take less? 
No, because Derek Carr don't know how long he's going to be in the league for the rest of his career. He don't know how long or how short his career is going to be. He has to take advantage now. All of these quarterbacks have to take advantage. So I can't tell them to take less. I just got to tell the front office, you have to make better decisions. You're putting too much money into your defense where you should be surrounding Lamar with weapons, whether that's making better picks or uh, putting wide receivers around him. Because he's been making what over the past couple of years? He's been making like 15 to $20 million over the past couple of years, and he still has nothing around him. So it looks like it doesn't matter whether he's making 15 to 20 or whether he makes 50, they're still not going to surround him with shit on offense because they know how valuable he can be and they know what he can do with this type of roster because they're still seven and four with a shitty ass roster. So it's like it's on the Ravens for thinking that he can do all of this by himself, basically, bro. That's the Ravens' fault. Honestly, it is. So I don't think Lamar is costing himself money, even though that's the talk of the town this week because he lost to the Ravens. I think it was some things he could have did better. It was a couple of throws he could have made to really uh, solidify his win over the Jags. And uh, he, they had a lot of uh, possessions in the red zone that they didn't capitalize on. But once again, I put a lot of that on the wide receiver option, bro. After Mark Andrews, bro, who was this man throwing to? It was I was actually watching this game, and none of these wide receivers were getting open. <laughs> they were not getting open, bro. So it's like, damn, the Jags have a good defense. Somebody has to get open for him to actually throw it to them, bro. You know what I'm saying? So that's the first question I have to say. Who was he throwing to? Was it Lamar could have done things better? Yes. But what is his wide receiver option? So I don't think he's costing himself money. Hey, he's making a shake when a lot of other QBs with it. So who uh, bro, what other quarterback is leading this trash ass offense to seven and four? <laughs> well, all you got is a damn tight end, and your tight end been hurt most of the year. You know what I'm saying? Like he should be in the MVP conversation. But I agree with what some people have been saying because. The, the front office will use a game like this against him. Like, damn, you couldn't beat the Jags, dog. Even though the Jags have a good defense, you couldn't beat the Jags. There were so many things that you could have done better. They're going to throw a game like this in his face when he tries to get more money, which is and unfortunate. it was another game. It was another one. It was another game. It was kind of similar like this, too. It was another game that was similar mm-hmm. to this. Those are the games they're going to throw in their face. I don't think it's right. But when it comes down to business, they're going to try to save as much money as possible. They're going to try to keep as much money as possible. So it's like they're going to use these games against them, bro, which is crazy because he's leading this roster to 74. So I still give Lamar a lot of praise and a lot of credit for doing what he's doing with this roster. Because if he makes the playoffs and even wins, let's say, one or two playoff games, possibly gets to the AFC Championship with this team, because I I said last week the Ravens are going to be that sneaky team, in my opinion, that could do it, bro. I know the Chiefs are the clear favorite right now when it comes to the AFC but I say don't sleep on the Ravens just because of number eight, bro. So if no matter what games they could use to fill with ammo to use against them when it's negotiation time, he'll be able to use a playoff berth, a playoff win, probably multiple playoff wins to his advantage. So he has to rack up on the footage just how they're going to rack up on the footage. Yep. And moving on to the next topic we have, are the commanders a legit playoff threat? So to start the season with Carson Wentz, this team started two and five, and currently they are seven and five, being led by Taylor Heineke and Terry McLaurin, and the defense has played way better over these last few weeks. Is this team a legit playoff threat? Can they get a W in the playoffs? I would say no. Um, I like Heineke. I like what the commanders are doing. I'm glad they snuck back in. But we got to think about the situation the NFC as a whole is in. There's a lot of teams that we expected to be good this year in the NFC that are just either trash or mid. 
So the fact that Washington is in a playoff and like in a high playoff on contention spot, I I think it's just due to the lack of production other teams in the NFC have um haven't um done. So that's the only thing I would say. I I think could they make a game interesting? Yeah, but I ain't saying they're really a threat to anybody who who's a clear NFC playoff favorite. Let me see, bro. Let me look at the NFC standings right now, dog. So the currently the Washington Commanders are seventh right now. So they would be in the playoffs if the playoffs were to start today. And okay, if the playoffs were to start today, they would play the Vikings, bro. They just played against the Vikings a couple of weeks ago, and it was a dog fight. The Commanders should have mm-hmm. won that game. Oh, shit. I think the Commanders can be a legit playoff. They player. did. I thought the Commanders. No, I'm thinking of no, the they, they No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the Commanders should have won, but they were up because they were up by like 10 points in the fourth quarter, yeah. and then the Vikings ended up coming back. I think the Commanders can be a legit playoff threat, bro, led by Heineke. Because I think they have enough options on offense, and I think their defense is playing at a high level, and they're getting Chase Young back. So if Chase Young comes back to anything like he looked like in his rookie season, this defense could be scary because that front four is already causing major havoc with Jonathan Allen and with uh with Sweat. And you put Young with that, I think we could be looking at something already. You know what I'm saying? Bo- bo- uh, bubbling and boiling up. I think we could see something in the playoffs because they've already shown it early in this season, and they can play with the good teams like the Vikings or with the 49ers or with whoever. And I think Heineke gives them a chance in any game, bro. So I think they are a legit playoff threat. And shout out to Heineke, bro. I I said this before. I think I said this last week. I don't think he's been playing great in all of these games, but the energy that he just gives to this team, just his presence on the field always does something. It's been like this for the past three years. Every time he plays, win or lose, this team just looks different from when they play with any other quarterback, like Carson Wentz or with Alex Smith. They just look different with Heineke, dog. And I don't know what it is about him. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but he just makes shit shake, man. So definitely shout out to him. Moving on. Are the Bucs cooked? So we see the Bucs this weekend lost in overtime to the Cleveland Browns, heartbreaking fashion. Well, Nick Chubb uh, rushing TT in uh, in overtime. But the Bucs just can't get over themselves, honestly. Tom Brady didn't look like himself in this game. The defense isn't as stout as it once was. Are the Bucs cooked, bro? Even if they win this trash-ass division, are they doing anything in the playoffs? I got to say right now, no. And I was – this is a game that we gave away. Like, I feel like we had this game won, bro. Poor clock management that last fourth – um that fourth quarter drive, that last drive that we had. We should have called timeout. I don't know why the hell we didn't. I don't know what the hell Todd Bowles was thinking. If I was Brady, I would have said F what they were talking about. I would have called timeout myself because I've been in this situation so many times and I've won in this situation so many times. We can have an argument in the locker room after on whether or not I follow a protocol. But the fact that Brady, Bowles, or Leftwich, or nobody else of high, um, high authority called a timeout on that last fourth quarter drive, that shit pissed me off. Because when we went to overtime, I'm like, bro, we probably ain't even going to win, bro. Like, going to overtime, that just basically... And y'all lost with, end. like, seconds left, too. It was, like, 40-something seconds left. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, so, Brady didn't play that great. Devin White played phenomenal. Shout out to Devin White. That man was all over goddamn, uh, what you call it, uh, Jacoby Brissett. So, shout out, shout out to the defense for doing something but 
I, I just I don't know what the hell going on. I still don't I don't want to go with your point of Arians coming down and coaching again. It's that too late. It's too happening. late now. It's too late, bro. It's too late. That that it should have been happening. happening it should have been happening though. But but but, but seeing what it's, you've it's seen coaching, this so bro. far this season, but okay, you just said it's coaching. But seeing what you've seen so far this season, do you would have would you have rather him come down in the middle of the season and taking over this team? Do you think that would have been the best option? It's not going to happen because I think it's too late in the season. But would that have been the best option? Uh, I think he would have turned this shit around, bro. As far as the team just winning games, yeah, it probably would have been the best choice. I feel like it just would have been too weird in the organization for him to just come down and basically bully Todd Bowles out of his spot. Hey, get your ass over there and just be coordinated. Like, <laughs> like that just it wouldn't go well, bro. I'm telling you, it just, it just wouldn't go. And no, I, I would hate to see a, that happen to a black coach, especially. But like you said, the problem is coaching. I don't think Bowles is getting in these players' asses like Arians was, bro. Yeah. Arians was somebody that can fire up a team and that can really lay into Brady and really get him on the right track. And now we're seeing somebody like Bowles who was like calm and reserved on the sideline. Just let shit happen. You know what I'm saying? He just goes with the flow. And it's like it doesn't energize or motivate the team to just continually see them do the same bullshit over again. And nobody is lighting a fire in their ass, bro. Coaching is the issue. They have the talent on the team. They have Godwin. Godwin has been playing better over the last few weeks. You have Mike Evans. I know I know Julio has been up and down this season. But still, you have enough to win this trash-ass division and do something in this, uh, in this conference. And we're still seeing them lose to the Browns? Come on, bro. That shit, it was, that was a nasty, that was a nasty L, bro. And, the, and that catch by Mike Evans that they didn't even try to review, that was a catch, bro. I don't know if you saw it when he, no, um, I didn't see that. When he caught it over dude head on the side, bro. If that catch would have counted, it either one would have been a touchdown or two, we would have been in the red zone and we probably would have had an extra touchdown. But they never reviewed that play. I'm going to have to send it to you on Twitter. Cause somebody tweeted like it was it was some reporter or somebody that tweeted and said I can't believe this play wasn't reviewed because he literally tapped both of his feet in and nobody reviewed it they didn't play it on any of the screens in the stadium they didn't replay it on TV for us to see they just said he was out and I'm mm-hmm. like bro he caught this damn ball what the hell are they doing mm-hmm. but it was it's something that we can't complain about I ain't gonna sit here and say that was the reason we lost but. Us not getting that call because what's y'all up to, 17 to three in this game? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so that's a yeah, y'all, y'all can't blame a catch oh, for that. Yeah, and and got what Donovan Smith get this man off the team, <laughs> off the team, bro. Like, when I tell you, I've never seen a more trash left tackle, I, I just haven't, bro. Talk about nonchalant, talk about just is he your normal bloated. left tackle? Yes. Oh, okay. And I don't know how he's been on the team this damn long. <laughs> I get it. It's Miles Garrett. You ain't finna win every matchup. But don't let the man just outright bully you and get through you every single play. And on top of that, you're one of the leading linemen, if not the leading linemen, when it comes to false start penalties on the team. Like, I'm, I'm just done with Donovan Smith, bro. He has to get off the team. I don't know why we've continued to pay him money over the years and keep him. But we we can get better. I, I'll trust a rookie at this point. A rookie mm-hmm. who got that dog in him who really want to play. But just watch Donovan Smith film, bro. And I promise you, you're going to be like, bro, do he even want to play for real? Like, that's how it looks yeah. watching him. So I, that just that was something I had to get off my chest.
No, yeah. no offense to him as a person. I don't know bruh bro as a person, but as a left tackle, the position he plays in the National <laughs> Football League, that man is trash. Yeah. Yeah. And uh moving forward, we got the, the Bucks are currently fourth in the NFC. Like I said, they're winning the NFC South with the Falcons, the Panthers, who keep winning games for some reason. And also, <laughs> who else? And then you got the Saints the in that Saints. division as well. So it's like, and I think all of them have four games. I think the Falcons actually have five games. The Panthers have four games. Five. And the, yeah, and the Bucks have five. So everybody, like, there's still a chance that the Bucks don't win this trash ass division, which is crazy as hell because they have such a better team than everybody else in this damn division, bro, which is wild to me. They're currently fourth in the NFC uh, playoff rankings. So if the players were to start today, they will play the Cowboys. And I know the Bucks beat them in week one, but how the Cowboys totally playing different. and how the, the Bucks are playing, it's like, come on, bro. I got to roll with the damn Cowboys after what totally I've Totally different bro. scenario now. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I have to roll with the Cowboys. If the players were to start today, Bucks getting cooked, dog. Definitely, definitely. Moving on. Is Mike White the answer in New York? Hey, what did I tell you last week? I told you what was going to happen and what was going to be the story. You did. I knew he was going to have a big game, and I knew what niggas was going to be saying, dog. Mike White, because Mike White played excellent against the uh, the Bears this week, but th- I knew he was going to play well because this isn't his first time starting. He started some games last year, and I think he had the biggest or best debut in terms of passing yards in NFL history. He had like 400 and something passing yards in his first game. Mm-hmm. So I knew that he can throw the ball and get the ball in the right people's hands. And that's all that the Jets need, bro. They just need a quarterback that can get the ball in the playmakers' hands. They have the playmakers, but Zach Wilson just wasn't getting the job done. bro. I know everybody is going to say, oh, he, did, he only did it against the Bears. The Bears have a terrible defense, bro. That's not the point. I think he is the quarterback for this team for this year. For the rest of the year, I think Mike White should be the quarterback. I don't care what his ups and downs are. I think he is better than Zach Wilson at this moment, and I think he should be the quarterback for this team if they want to actually win games in the playoffs. Robert Sala said it best in the post-game press conference. He makes the easy stuff look easy, and I think that's that was Zach Wilson's biggest problem. Zach Wilson was 5-2 and two as a starter. So it's not the record per se, but it's just the fact that he wasn't even a reason why his record was five and two as a starter. It was not really on the defense <laughs> and the fact that he just really just didn't need to mess up. But Mike White also doesn't need to mess up, but he's producing on top of that. So is Mike White the answer? Longevity speaking, I don't know about that when it Hell comes no. to the Jets. No. But as for right now, and maybe even next season, if they don't hit on anybody in the draft, yes, for right now, Mike White is the answer. He is your your Nick Foles thrown in the fire and carrying over the next season. He is your Taylor Heineke at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mike White is that right now for the Jets. It's helping them. Garrett Wilson looked like he had the time of his life catching touchdown passes <laughs> this past weekend. <laughs> so the offense just looks a lot better, and it complements the defense because now the defense doesn't feel like they have to save the team every damn week. Bro, it was a stat that Dan Orlovsky ended up saying on Monday. He was he said that when the offense scores over 17 points, this team is undefeated. So every game they have lost, they have scored under 17 points. If they score 17, the defense is going to hold whoever under that. You know what I'm saying? That's all you need. You just need a professional at that quarterback position that can just make the job easy, bro. Get the ball in the playmaker's hands. 
Today or on Sunday, Mike White was 22 of 28, had 315 yards and three touchdowns. Was he making the spectacular plays? No, but he was just making the throws that needed to be made. And I think that's all the Jets need, especially if they want to win games. I understand that you put all of this draft capital on Zach Wilson. And I think Zach Wilson will still have a chance next year. But this year, you got to ride the wave. I don't care what ups and downs Mike White uh, comes with over the next few weeks because he will have to play the Vikings next week. He will have to play the Buffalo the week after that. So, obviously, those are good teams. There's going to be some ups and downs. They're going to be against the Bears. You know what I'm saying? But I think he's still the best quarterback for this team, though. You know what I'm saying? And I would not waver from that, bro. I would not waver from that. I think he's the quarterback that would lead them to a potential run in the playoffs if the defense just continue to do what they do. Yeah, because I was going to say, they still have a good chance. They had a chance with Zach Wilson, that quarterback, to make the playoffs <laughs> and possibly win a game. They damn sure got a chance now, so I, I totally think it can work. I think, like I said, the, the offense is now complementing the defense, so – we just got to take it a week-by-week week basis. If Mike White struggles, which we know he probably will, like Quincy said, don't don't just throw everything on fire and say, oh, my God, what are the Jets going to do? Just take whatever ups and downs come throughout this latter half for the season. Because currently the Jets are seventh in the AFC playoff standing. So if the playoffs were to start today, they will play the Miami Dolphins. And they beat the Dolphins this year already without mm-hmm. Wilson at quarterback. And it ain't like Miami defense is like a – you know what I'm saying? A Super Bowl defense. You can get some shit off on Miami's defense. Even Zach Wilson had a good game against Miami. So if Zach Wilson had a good game, Mike White can damn sure have an excellent game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if we get around playoff time. So I'm telling you, man, I like this Jets team. You know what I'm saying? I told y'all already with my backstory with the Jets, seeing them and like in the preseason with the YouTube series that they have, uh, one Jets drive. And just getting somebody that can produce at the quarterback position, I think is so big, bro. I think Zach Wilson will still have an opportunity next year. But you got to ride out with Mike White, bro. You have to. And I'm glad to see him succeeding. Moving on to the NFL Week 13 preview, man. What we got for the games of the week for this week? Let's see. That Jets and Vikings game, like we said, that's going to be a Ooh, big we got game. Bills and Patriots. Ooh. I love it. Thursday we got night Dolphins football. and 49ers. Oh, my goodness. Commanders versus Giants is going to be a solid game, too. Chiefs Jets and, and Bengals. Chiefs and that Eagles and Titans. Hey, this week finna be all right. This week this good. Week, this week finna be all right for real. Oh yeah. We're not excited for the Texans game. We all know what we're waiting for. <laughs> My man, come back this week, yes sir, yes sir. Okay, wait. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what Deshaun has done. I know he got off for all of the charges, so I'm going to keep supporting my man. I told you, bro, they're going to put this game on TV. They're going to put the Texans they should. on that. I want to see him play football, bro. I want to see him get uh, play football. I want to see it. Don't, don't Y'all, don't be surprised. I know the Eagles and Titans play at one. I know the Jets and the Vikings play at one. Don't be surprised if you live in somewhere and that damn Texans game. Come on. We all know the reason why it's going to be on. <laughs> Do the Browns still have a chance to make the playoffs? Nah, they don't. Oh, uh, what is their record? They're oh, four no, and they're seven. four and seven. Yeah, they're, they're done for. But I still would like to see this. I haven't seen Deshaun playing a ye- two years. Over a year. I was yeah, year. I about to say, it's about to be two years. Damn. So, yeah, I'm just happy to see him back on the field, bro. He wasn't convicted of any charges. I know he had to go through those civil cases, but I'm still going to root for my man. As a football player, I still love his game, so I'm going to root for him. And uh, let's move on to picks of the week, bro. So Thursday night football, we got the Bills versus Patriots. 
Uh, I got the Bills on the road. Yeah, I got the Bills. Three and a half point spread on Bavada. They, hey, we should have been talking about the Bills too. Because that Thursday night game or that Thursday afternoon game, them boys once again did not look good. Almost lost to them Lions. Those Lions are scrappy. But the Bills for another week did not look good, bro. And and our Bond Miller it was got hurt. Be good games. I told you it was yeah. gonna be good games. Listen, Thursday, the game surprised they, me though. The game surprised well, me. Whether they should have been good or not. <laughs> <laughs> the games definitely surprised me though. Because the only bad game was like the, the 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 Jets or the Giants and the Cowboys. That was kind of like a yeah. the jump. But the, even the night game was good. The Patriots and Vikings was good too. So yeah, I got the Bills. Broncos versus Ravens. Uh, Ravens. Yeah, I got the Ravens. Browns versus Texans. I got the Browns just off of the strength of Deshaun. Hey, Desha- yeah. I think Deshaun, granted, it's the Texans, but I think Deshaun going to have one of them comeback games. That boy, I'm predicting about 350 for the yards passing. I'm predicting about go crazy. three touchdowns. He finna go crazy. He finna go crazy, bro. Because the Browns have a good offensive line. They got Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a solid number two. And they got Njoku, who's been playing pretty good this year. And you got one of the best backs in the NFL with uh Nick Chubb. Come on, bro. Because, bro, think. think about it, bro. The Browns are four and seven. Just, just think about it right now. If they beat the Texans, they have a chance. They got Bengals, Ravens, Saints, Commanders, Steelers. Those that's their last five games. I only with Deshaun Watson at quarterback and that's Nick true. Chubb in the backfield and that defense. Mm-hmm. I only see about maybe two losses. Ooh, I only see true. maybe two. But that's nine. That's nine L's though. If they got two losses, that's nine L's. So they ain't making the offs. They but if they the don't get, if they win, let's just say for some odd reason, these boys win the rest of the season. They get that energy, yeah. Deshaun Watson might get MVP. That defense, that <laughs> defense is solid. That did. I don't know about MVP, but yeah, that's, that, that would be some nutty. MVP. That would be some nutty shit though. If, if he comes back and he they, he leads them to the playoffs, they they only that have like that would be wild, bro. They can only lose like one game though. That's yeah. literally it. Like eight is the minimum. You know what I'm saying? Especially with all of these good teams in the AFC and AFC right now, because currently the seventh seed has only four losses. The Jets are the seventh seed. So it's like it's you have the Jets to really slide. have divisional games. It's a lot of divisional games coming up, bro, because we're coming towards the end of the season. So it's a couple teams that are going to give each other L's and just probably knock them out of the playoff race. Like the Bills and the um, Dolphins got to play again, I think, before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Bucks and the Saints. Uh, I mean, granted, that's the NFC, but just talking about division rivalry games, a lot of teams, excuse me, got but you like would need two, a, two to three division games for the end of the But season. you would need a team that's currently in the playoffs to free fall. Like, you would need the Jets yeah. to, like, lose all of their games. And you would, yeah. you would need, yeah, and you would have to win all of your games if you were the Browns. Like, you would need something like that to happen for them to still make the playoffs. Because if everything stays the same, even with those couple of losses coming with your division rival, they're still going, everything's still going to stay intact with, if the playoffs stay as if. So, I don't know. But I, I got the uh, the Browns. For sure, I got the Browns. Moving on, got Commanders versus Giants. Uh, I had a couple of upsets with my picks when I put them in the chat. I'm going with the Giants. I got the Giants at the crib. I like Danny Dimes to have a... I think Danny Dimes going to have a decent game this week. He's been real quiet lately. I'm rolling with the Commanders, riding with the hot hand. Chase Young comes back this week or should be coming back this week. 
Heineke and uh, McLaurin got that rhythm. I'm liking whatever, how everything's going for the Commanders. I'm rolling with the Commanders. Two and a half point spread, though, so it's definitely going to be a close game on Bovada. Jaguars versus Lions. Uh, I think I picked the Jags. Yeah, I picked the Jags. Yeah, I got the Jags. It's gonna be a close ass game. This is the this all mm-hmm. this this is gonna be the game of the up and coming teams. Like these are teams that I think are gonna be very good next year. Once the Lions get their quarterback, because they're gonna have a top three pick, uh, assumedly with this record, and I think they have the Rams pick as well. And the Rams are like mm-hmm. three and eight, so they might have mm-hmm. three top ten picks in this upcoming draft. So they're definitely gonna get a quarterback, maybe Bryce Young. Or Stroud. They gotta hit on all of them, bro. If they don't hit on all of them, I'm looking at the Lions crazy. Hey, they probably are. I mean, two of the top ten picks, you should be leading. But with the team that they already have in place, you're gonna be solid. I mean, you got a nice running game. You got wide receiver. I mean, Jamison Williams from Alabama, he comes back this week for the Lions, so they finally get the wide receiver, and the defense is looking solid. So, I don't know. my boy Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, he looking, he looking better and better as the weeks come. Like that's what so, I'm yeah. saying. You know what I'm saying? And the, and the team just plays so hard for uh for what's my man last name? Daniel. What's my nigga last name for the uh the Lions? The coach. Last name Daniel. Oh, um no, first Daniel. What is it name, bro? I'm blanking on that shit like I mean, that. Wow, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Damn, what is Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell. Yeah, I'm about to say he breaking the kneecaps. One of those. Call that man kneecap. Yeah, but they play so hard for Dan Campbell, bro. So, yeah, I I just got to – I like the Lions and and the Jaguars moving forward for sure. But I got the Jags. I got the Jags in this game. Jets versus Vikings. Uh, Y'all know I be on the Vikings heavy, but I'm going with the Jets. The Jets on the road for this one. I'm with you on that one. I got the Jets, too. Jets on the road. I think Mike White is actually going to have another good game. I don't think the Vikings' defense is that great. I think if he, when he goes against Buffalo, I think it's going to be a tough challenge for him. But I think he actually has a good game this week, surprisingly. And I think the Jets get that W. Only a three-point spread on Bavada, but I got the Jets. Packers versus Bears. Oh, uh, this is going to be an ugly-ass 1 o'clock game. But I got the Packers. I got a two-hour Wednesday about the Packers, but I don't see A-Rod owns the Bears, so I'm going to just give him that off of the strength of that. That's what my two-hour Wednesday is about. Well, we'll get to it. (laughs) All right. I got the the Packers, though. Uh, Steelers versus Falcons. Uh, Steelers. Told y'all I'm not picking Atlanta no more. I gave them my one pick this year, and they fucking blew it, so I'm going with the Steelers. I got the – excuse me. I got the Steelers, bro. I like the Steelers. They got a good W against the Colts on Monday night, so I'm going to roll with them. Titans versus Eagles. Uh, Eagles. This was a close one. And it's all dependent on one player. If Jordan Davis comes back and plays this week, I think the Eagles win this game. If he does not come back this week, because I think he just got activated off of the injury reserve because he's been hurt for the last six weeks. But if he does not play, I think Derrick Henry can run wild against the Eagles, bro. I really do. This one is tough because I don't know if he's playing. I'll just roll with the Eagles to be safe. But if Jordan Davis doesn't play, I think the Titans win. Dolphins versus 49ers. Uh, this is definitely game of the week. Um, no, nah, that that Chiefs Bengals game of the week. No, nah, this, I think one this of is them, game though. of the week. I think this will be game of the week. Uh, even over the Chiefs, I think this would be game of the week, bro. I think this could be a Super Bowl preview, Hockey. We could be looking at a Super Bowl preview right now. 
Probably. No cap. I'm going to go with the 49ers, though. 49ers. I'm going to roll with the 49ers because of that defense, and I think their offense does just enough. I think they have the defense to slow down Tyreek and, uh, and Waddle. Seahawks versus Rams. Uh, Seahawks on the road. Easily Seahawks. Chargers versus Raiders. Uh, I think I picked Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to go with Chargers. Chargers. They're a one and a half point favorite on Bovada. Definitely rolling with Shout Chargers. out to the Raiders, though. Shout out. I know we made fun of Derek Carr and shit, but they got that dub. I, I can't take that away from them. That overtime dub. Moving on. Chiefs versus Bengals. <laughs> I'm not giving them niggas any credit after that sob story I seen last week. Niggas want to be the crowd favorites. Y'all niggas four and seven. I'm out of here. All right. Chiefs versus Bengals. Uh, I got the Chiefs. Jamar Chase comes back this week, though, bro. Damn. He do. And they at the crib, too. The Chiefs mm-hmm. won't get back, though, bro. The Chiefs won't get back from last year. It's so tough. Oh, I think I picked the Chiefs, though. Chiefs won't get back, bro. Patrick Mahomes specifically wants get back. This is a tough one, bro. I got the Chiefs. I'll take the Chiefs. Colts versus Cowboys. 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 Saints versus Bucks. I'm going to this game. Oh, God. Denisha might get a Saint some good spirits, but I don't know. Y'all might be down for the L on this one, but I ain't gonna lie. Y'all might be cooked on this one, too. I've only picked against us, like, what, once this season? I got the Bucks, man. I ain't I ain't taking that shit this far. They beat you the Saints. Andy Dalton. Nah, shit, I said the same shit about the damn Browns. <laughs> <laughs> you see what happened? No, the, the Browns got good interior pieces, I think. I could assume uh, I ain't, I ain't letting – I can't let Andy Dalton come in and get a dub. I got the If Bucks. you let Andy Dalton come in and get a dub, bro, yeah. Bro, Brady got to retire after that game, bro. He just got to retire <laughs> after the game. Like, y'all season already over. Y'all not doing shit in the play. Just retire, my nigga. It's, it's, it's a wrap, my nigga. It's a wrap for sure. Yeah, that shit crazy. But, yeah, I got the butts. So, moving on to college football week 13 recap. It was a crazy week in college football. So many upsets in this last week before the conference championship week. We had USC ended up beating Notre Dame. So currently they're in the college football playoff right now because they're number four in the rankings. Michigan throttled Ohio State to really solidify themselves as a, a contender in the college football playoff. And LSU and Clemson tumbled to unranked teams in the last week before the conference championship game. And this was the worst time to tumble because so many, so much was uh, getting moved in the top with the Ohio State falling back and with LSU losing. Like Clemson could have really skyrocketed to be in position to make the college football playoff, and they lose to South Carolina. Shit is nuts, bro. If for I told LSU, you that was going to be a good game. I told that you that shit South is Carolina crazy to me, good. bro. That shit is crazy to me, bro. But yeah. But what was what is your biggest takeaway from this week in college football? Uh, biggest takeaway, I've, I've been telling y'all, man, Michigan is the better overall team, and they're better situationally. They just play so much more energetic than Ohio State, bro. I've been saying it all year, and they proved it in Ohio State's um, home field this past Saturday, bro. So I like what Michigan got going. 
honestly, if I had to give a pick, because I know we'll probably give our real picks when the actual playoff is set. But if I had to pick right now, I'd say Michigan, bro. I think Michigan would win it all if I had to pick a team right now. Dang, you were on Michigan? Yeah. Over Georgia? Damn, yeah. that quarterback did look good, bro, because that was one thing I was really questioning last week is if if J.J. McCarthy was capable of leading this team with his arm because I figured that yes. Corm wasn't going to play sure. or wasn't going to play uh, to his fullest potential because he's coming off a knee injury. But the running game ended up stepping up regardless and running all over Ohio State. But it was really him in the first half that impressed me. I think he had two mm-hmm. or three touchdowns in the first half and like deep throws, big throws that really turned the game around. When I thought, middle yeah, of the when field, I thought Ohio State was going to take over. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's obviously on the Ohio State defense for breaking down. But he was just making throws that I didn't think he was capable of. I thought they were going to have to lean heavy on the run game, and they did it with him making all these throws. And I think that really turned the game around. And I don't think Ohio State was expecting that either. So he made – I think he he definitely shifted the the the, uh, the energy with that for sure. But another takeaway was Caleb Williams, dog. Caleb Williams put oh, yeah. on a hell of a performance against number 16 Notre Dame. Notre Dame was one of the hottest teams coming into this game as well. And I think he had four touchdowns this game. He really looked like he closed up that Heisman conversation, especially with C.J. Stroud losing, bro. So is his Heisman confirmed? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Like you said, C.J. Stroud got blew out. Didn't just lose to Michigan, but got blew out. Possibly not even going to make the playoffs now uh, if things continue to go the way they go. Uh, Yeah, Hendon Hooker, his Heisman talk went down two, three weeks ago after, right after that Bama game. Uh, yeah, bro, ain't really nobody else in the conversation. It's just Caleb really. Williams is to lose at this point. It, it really, <laughs> it really is, dog. And I, I think even if he loses this week, because they have to play against Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, and that really, uh, the, and that really hinges on if they're gonna make the college football playoff or not. So even if he loses this game, I think he still wins because what you're gonna give it to C.J. Stroud, like. I think you're gonna he's gonna win it regardless, bro. I think he's been and, playing. And the story the with Caleb week. Williams, the story with Caleb Williams is a lot better too. Like the fact that Lincoln Riley turned around this program so quick and damn near finna make the college football playoff in his first year of coaching there with Caleb Williams, um pairing with him for their first year to um together as a coach QB duo, bro. That's that's gonna be something crazy. No, it is. No, no, it is. So I, I would definitely give it to Caleb. Like you said, I think it's some pretty uh, pretty good difference between everybody else, dog. So I guess I would just have to ride with him. I, I, heard somebody, I also heard somebody say some wild shit. I really like what Caleb, Caleb Williams is doing, and I, I love the fact that he's going to be the Heisman favorite and winner most likely. But I forgot who said this. Somebody said this is the most electrifying player South Carolina, South California has ever had. And I'm like, damn, do we not remember number 25? Like, do we not remember Reggie Bush? Like, the, the human five, video game? Right. I mean, number damn, my bad. Number five. I'm thinking of the mm-hmm. NFL. But, um, <laughs> but damn, are we forgetting Reggie Bush? Like, I don't know if I'm ready to say he's the best yeah. USC player we've ever seen. Or is that just nostalgia talking? I think that could be nostalgia talking, too. Because Reggie no, Bush. No, he, he's up there. Caleb Williams is up there. But, yeah. I mean. No, Reggie Bush was just different though. To this day, people To this day, I think Reggie Bush is still the most electronic player anybody has ever seen in college football history. Yeah. So I would, even though Caleb Williams is doing his thing, nobody was touching Reggie Bush. And I think this was a competition for Heisman until like this last week when Reggie Bush was getting his Heisman's. 
it was a clear distance between him and everybody else. Was, he was clearly the best player. I don't think Caleb yeah. Williams it was that same type of weight. Like, I wasn't even thinking about Caleb Williams until, like, these last couple of weeks when Hendon Hooker fell off and when uh when Stroud fell off as well. So it was like, oh, I guess he has to win it because everybody else just fell off. So I, was like, yeah, I guess I give it to him. I think C.J. Stroud was my pick originally before the season started, and then, like, Three to four weeks in, I switched over to Caleb Williams, then Hendon Hooker, because the Bama situation and how ten- how well Tennessee was doing. But then after that Bama game, I think I just been all Caleb Williams at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's definitely exciting to see. Let's move over to the college football playoff reaction for this standings that we have coming out. Let's see if I can get it up. All right, so currently we have Georgia is number one. Michigan obviously is number two with the big win over Ohio State. TCU has moved up to three because of the Ohio State loss, and USC is number four after the big win over Notre Dame. But I think a lot of these teams sitting at five and six still have a chance. I think USC, if they lose to Utah this week, could get knocked out. Ohio State could slide up, and TCU also has to play against a tough opponent in the Big 12 championship game. So if they lose, Alabama and Ohio State could still sneak into the college football playoff, bro. It is still a chance, even with all of this talk. And there was a lot of conversation between who should have been five in this conversation. Should it have been Ohio State or should it have been Alabama? What do you think? Uh, I'm not mad at Ohio State being number five, although they did get their ass beat by Michigan. I think they're still one of the top five teams in the nation. Alabama having two losses, that already is a big red flag. And then on top of having two losses, they just don't look as well polished as we're used to seeing Alabama look. They've been in a lot of one-possession games this season. Like I think they were in like five or six one-possession games. That's unlike Alabama. Like Even playing the top-tier SEC teams every year, they're hardly ever in a one-possession game for majority of their games. So the even though they won majority of their schedule, the way that they're winning just isn't that impressive. They're still over Tennessee because I think Tennessee just kind of had a full-blown meltdown after they reached the high of beating them. And Alabama has continued to win as the season progressed. But I'm not mad at Ohio State being five. I ain't mad at Alabama being six. And uh Tennessee being seven makes sense. So I, I think the top seven at least are accurate. Yeah, I was not mad at Ohio State. I think Ohio State should have been five. And I think if one of these teams out of TCU and USC loses, I think Ohio State is still best set up to compete for a college football playoff championship. I think Alabama, even if Alabama somehow was to make it to the college football playoff, I think they're losing in like the first game. Yeah, I was going to say, do do we even want to see Alabama in the playoff, like, and that's a legit nah, question. Like, not really. Do we really want to see them for real? Especially like, with everything year. shaking up. Yeah, especially with everything shaking up this year, and with so many new teams, because Clemson is not going to make it. Alabama is not going to make it. You know what I'm saying? Like LSU is not going to make it. So it's this is like a fresh crop of teams when you think about TCU and uh, USC. It's like this is what we want to see every year. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to see the same old teams in the college football playoff, especially with Alabama struggling like they are. So I like what we have right now. And this is, once again, why I like the four-team playoff, bro. Because imagine if this shit was 12 teams. It don't matter who the fuck was was winning these last few games. That means Alabama would have been in. That means 
Ohio State would have been in. It's no intrigue to a 12-team playoff because you can lose multiple games, and these top teams can still make it. That's why I still do not like a 12-team. That's why I didn't like an 18 because there's no intrigue in that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like it when it's at four. It's just more intrigue. More is on the line. Like, if, if for example, if we would have seen this Michigan and Ohio State game, and if it was a 12-team playoff, it don't matter who loses that game because they still would have exactly. made it. It's they not as much on the line for either team, and it's not the same level of pressure. You know what I'm saying? It still would have been a rivalry, so it still would have been a high-level game, but it's not as much on the line. We love that rivalry even more now because it's so much on the line every time they play. You know what I'm saying? When it's a 12-team playoff, it's not going to be the same because no matter who wins or loses the game, both of them are going to make the playoff. And that's what I think the, the college football playoff expansion is going to take away from college football games like what we've just seen. You know what I'm saying? You're going to take away the, the energy and the intrigue of it. So I still don't like that 12-team at all. And, and we might see blowouts just because, like you said, the pressure ain't really on either of the teams. Like, what if Ohio State, what if this year was a 12-team playoff year and Ohio State, instead of losing by 20, like Michigan would have beat them by 30 or 40? Like, that would have been terrible to see, but they both still would have made the playoff either way. So mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. I, and I done told y'all before, I don't want to see a number 12 team go against the number four, <laughs> five team. We know what the hell is going to happen, bro. Yeah. Like, because who's number 12 right now? Washington is number 12. Florida State is 13. Just imagine if Florida State was number 12 for a second. Do we really want to see Florida State versus Alabama or Ohio State or some <laughs> shit? We don't want to see that shit. We know what we're going to get. Yeah. Like, so come on, bro. Even Washington, since they are actually the number 12, having an impressive season, they're not the caliber of the top six to seven teams, bro. It, we know what the outcome will be. So I agree. 12 teams is too much. That's why I said don't never go any further than six if you're going to expand it because that way you still keep it at four and there's only two teams that have a strong case that can still get in the playoffs. Everybody else is hell no. But four to six, that's why I say keep it. Twelve is way too much. Yeah. And just moving back to that Clemson point, I think DJU is done in Clemson. I think they're moving on after this year to another quarterback. They got the – the freshman quarterback behind him, Klubnik. I think he's going to be the quarterback next year. He just hasn't shown it. He's been given a chance and an opportunity this whole year to, to show that he's the guy. And it's just nothing that jumps off the page about DJU, bro. It's nothing at all. You know what I'm saying? I think he's going to go to another school, could put up some numbers, but at Clemson, it ain't the right fit, bro. It ain't right to fit at all. And I think it could. We could be questioning Dabo, too. I don't hear enough talk about Dabo being on the hot seat over the last couple of years, but you know, he didn't slid under the rug. But okay, I'm about to say he he might be. Definitely. Last couple of years, that nigga been looking shaky. He been looking shaky without his coordinator. So that's all I'm gonna say. Moving on to the college uh, conference championship week preview. So we got Utah versus USC in the Pac-12 championship. We got Kansas State playing against TCU. That's a ten versus number three matchup. That's why I said that TCU isn't solidified in this college football playoff by any means. You got uh, LSU playing Georgia, but even if Georgia loses, they still going to make it. So that shit really don't matter. Yeah. Uh, UCF versus Tulane in the AAC championship. Got Clemson versus North Carolina, but once again, that shit don't matter. And then you got Purdue versus Michigan for the Big Ten championship game. But Michigan is a 17-point spread, so nobody is really worried that Michigan will lose. Uh, so who do you have for Utah versus USC? 
Uh, I got USC, man. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to push the envelope and actually make the college football playoff. I actually have Utah, bro. I don't think USC makes the college football playoff. I have Utah winning. Utah has already beaten USC this year, and I think they still have the formula to beat USC once again because I think that their strength is USC's weakness, and I think they will continue to attack it. I think that defense still has a lot of holes, and I think Utah will pick it apart with uh, Cam Rising. So I have Utah. So I do not have USC making the college football playoff. So Kansas Mm. State versus TCU. Uh, TCU, I think the Horn Frog is going to do it, bro. I once again do not think TCU wins, but this Damn, is a tricky you got situation. No, nah, I do. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I do. I, I like Kansas State. If Adrian Martinez is playing, I like uh, TCU. But um, this is the thing with TCU. I think they still have a chance to get in the college football playoff, even if they lose because they're playing a top 10 team and because they currently have no losses. It's going to be an argument between, damn, is should we put somebody like Alabama or Ohio State in, or should we put in somebody like TCU who ran the table the whole season and has good wins on their schedule? I mean, they beat Kansas State already this season. They beat in uh, Baylor. They beat in Texas. They beat in all the teams in the Pac-12. So that's going to be a conversation. Even if they lose, I think TCU, TCU can still get in. I really do. I, I um, think Max Duggan going to get the dub for them, but they ain't even going to be close. It ain't going to be close. Like I said, if Adrian Martinez plays, I think this is a dog fight. And and we've seen throughout this season that TCU wins the close games. But I think this today or on Saturday, we'll see a flip of the script. Because I think they're going to be in a dog fight throughout this whole game. And they're going to be used to pulling it out. And then something is going to happen, whether it's a turnover or something like that, that trips them up. And Kansas State ends up getting the dub, bro. So I think something like that happens, bro. They've won so many close games this year. But it's going. Their time is going to run out, basically, and Kansas State will get the W. And LSU versus Georgia. Georgia, not even close. Yeah, Georgia. UCF versus Tulane. Uh, I got UCF. That's an upset. I'll go with UCF for sure. Clemson versus North Carolina. Uh, hmm. It'll be close, but I'll I'll take Clemson. Ah, uh, yeah, I go with Clemson and Purdue versus Michigan. Michigan easily. I about to say this might be like a thirty point blowout or something. <laughs> no bullshit, though. No bullshit. Damn. So, who do you think ends up making the college football playoff? Uh, I think it'll be Georgia. Will stay number one just because they finna win out the entire season, so they'll be number one. I'll keep Michigan two. Hmm. I think USC's win over um over what you call it over Utah, Utah is going to be more impressive than TC's U- TCU's win over Kansas State. So I think USC will go to three, and I think TCU will go to four. So it'll be Georgia versus TCU, and it'll be USC versus Michigan. I think that shit will be fire. Because you want to see – I think everybody's going to want to see Georgia versus Michigan or USC as opposed mm-hmm. to Georgia versus TCU. So mm-hmm. if I had to give it an order, i say it'll be Georgia, Michigan, USC, and TCU at four. Damn. So I will have Georgia, Michigan. I will have 
I think TCU, even if they lose, will still make it because I don't think there's no way you can put Alabama in the college football playoff, bro. Yeah. I don't think it is. They don't have enough good W's for you, even if they, you know what I'm saying, have the opportunity, you can't put them in. I think TCU still has better W's than Alabama. So I think Ohio State will go to three because, mm. yeah, we have Ohio State at three because their only loss is to Michigan. And then we'll have TCU slide back to four. So we'll see Georgia versus TCU, and we'll see the rematch in the fucking college football playoff. Oh, <laughs> that would be so fire. Michigan that shit would be Ohio. fire. We talking about high stakes? We just played a couple of weeks ago. Oh, Ohio State for the company on pockets, my nigga. Ohio State for the company on pockets, bro. I think that's going. I think that's how it's going to roll, uh, roll out, bro. I think that's how it's going to roll out. All right, moving on to the NBA topics. We have who is leading the NBA MVP race right now? It's a lot of people in that conversation. We have Tatum. I mean, you got Tatum. You got Devin Booker is in that conversation. You got Giannis is always in that conversation. Luka can be tossed around because he got good stats, but his team isn't playing as well. But those are honestly the top three. Uh, Tatum, Booker, and Giannis right now. Ugh. I mean, damn, you can throw John in that conversation. You can throw even damn Tyrese Halliburton been playing pretty good. Me, I still stick with my original pick of Jaw, but if I had to go off recency bias at the moment, I say Giannis. Um, I like what Giannis is doing this season. Total domination on offense and defense right now. I I, I think Jaw and Giannis are the only two people that I would even consider for it at the moment. I think it's been Tatum so far this season. To lose your coach and to not have your best rim protector in Robert Williams and for this team to just be running like a well-oiled machine, I think that's all on Tatum and Brown's shoulders for keeping everything in line and keeping everything in check. There was a lot of questions about the Celtics coming into the season where they're going to take a step back without Udoka, and everything has just looked so seamless from the beginning of the season, and that's a large part on his shoulders. He just dropped 49 on the Heat. That was an easy 49, too. I think Brown has been playing well. I think that Brogdon pickup was huge, too. So I think the Celtics as a team just look great, and you obviously have to give it to the best player on the best team, and I think that's been Tatum. So he would be my number one, but uh, for my number two, I have to give it to D-Book, bro. D-Book has been playing some serious ball. He just had, like, 44 and six uh, steals against the Kings, I think, recently. I had watched that game. So D-Book been playing crazy. He would probably be my number two. I think another person that we could probably mention as the weeks continue to go on, I would say Donovan Mitchell. He has to be at least in the conversation. I'm not saying front runner. I'm not even saying top one or two. But when you get to that third, fourth, fifth option for MVP, I say Donovan Mitchell Um, and the way he's leading the Cavs right now, he averaging close to 29, almost 30 points a game, I think. So mm. I, I think Donovan Mitchell is in that conversation too. Yeah, and I want to go back to Devin Booker, bro, because that was another topic that the Suns and the Celtics are flying high, so we can just keep on with that conversation. I think this, and the Suns are doing this without CP3, and I think that's a big look, because that's something that we've been talking about over the last year or two, about how CP3 gets all of the credit when they win. He's been in, in, in the multiple, uh, most valuable player conversation over Devin Booker multiple times, and I think we're seeing... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When clearly Devin Booker has been the best player. And I think we're just seeing that this team would have been good whether CP3 came or if Devin Booker just would have had this range from the beginning, bro. I think Devin Booker has really ascended to be one of the best players clearly in the NBA, bro. Clearly. And I think he's clearly in this MVP race. And he can clearly be the best player on the best team and be the lead guard on it. 
and it's and they don't have Cam Johnson this year. Aiton has been up and down, and we're still seeing them at first in the Western Conference, all because of Devin Booker, bro. Like what this man can do and what he's capable of is just not as a, a scorer. Is he can do so much more with the ball in his hands, bro. And just not having CP3 playing with him, we're just seeing that at an elevated level. And I just love to see it, bro, because now he gets to have all of the credit and he doesn't have to, doesn't have to split it with CP3. So I love what I've been seeing from him, bro. Love what I've been seeing. And the last thing I want to talk about with NBA, bro, is the Orlando Magic finally have a core, bro. That has been something that we couldn't say for the past how long? Probably ten last years. 10 years. The past <laughs> since Dwight. We could not say these. The White Howard, bro. Since that the was the Howard, last bro. time them niggas had a core, bro. But they have a core now, bro. What I've been seeing from Paolo Bancaro, what I've been seeing from Bobo, what I've been seeing from Franz Wagner, those are going to be the three players that are going to be Orlando Magic players for a long time. And I'm seeing a lot of high-level potential. We already knew that Paolo Bancaro was going to be an easy 20-10 and 10 coming into the league. But what we're seeing from Bobo, who is really like a rejuvenation project because he's been bounced around the league from the Nuggets to the Pistons. Now he gets the opportunity to shine, and he's shining. I don't know if you watched the last couple of games, but when he was playing against the Nets, he was pulling up for three at 7-3. You know what I'm saying? This some uh, Wimby shit. But we're seeing it already in the NBA with Bobo. He's just so skilled with the ball in his hands, and obviously he's 7-3 with long arms, blocking all of those shots. I think he'll be around for a long time, and that's what they need. You know what I'm saying? And Franz Wagner, was just, he's just one of those glue guys that I think would just be our Orlando Magic player for a long Definitely. time. Because he can do everything on the court. He shoots three at a, a high level. He's a nice playmaker on the floor. He can rebound. He defends at 6'9". He's long and lengthy. I love those three players for the Magic moving forward. I think they still have to answer questions at the point guard position, whether that'll be Suggs, whether that be Fultz, whether that be Cole Anthony. I think that still has to sort itself out. But those three players... The, the Magic have their core. They're, they're going to be okay. And I think right now we can, say, we, can, we can say that the Magic are one of the most exciting teams in the league, bro. And I'm not bullshit. I'm not bullshit. I actually would like to see an Orlando Magic game now with Bobo, with Paolo. I would see an Orlando Magic game now, bro. Those are attractions, bro. Those are box office attractions with a 7-3 nigga who can do it all. And with nigga like Paolo, who the number one pick. That's a box office attraction, bro. You would go to Orlando. You were going to Orlando Magic games when they had nobody. So you're definitely Why going to this. Pay? Game. Oh, oh, my my brother paid. Let, let's set the record straight. My brother paid. You were going for to Orlando Edwards. Magic games when they had nobody. So you're definitely going my to bro- this game. My brother paid, and I didn't have to drive. That nigga was going when uh, I don't even know who was on the team. Niggas was the random. Jalen Suggs. It was it was. Bro, he was hurt was, last year. Wasn't he hurt last year? No, not was when I went. Oh, no, you went. Not okay. when I went. It was worth. It was worth going to see when I went. <laughs> Franz yeah. was playing too. So shit. Oh, Franz was. <laughs> see, them niggas was young then. Them niggas are like prime. They like they like fruit. They get better with time. Was they look better now. They look better. They look better now. They look better now. They look better now. And who do you think will eventually win that point guard position? Because like I said, bro, you got Fultz, you got you got Suggs, you got Cole Anthony, who's all of them have had their moments, I feel like. Well, I think last year, a lot of people were like, okay, Fultz is getting into a groove. Then at some point, at the end of last year, it was like Cole Anthony. And then to start this season, Suggs has played pretty well. So who will end up being the future point guard for this team? I would say Cole 
he just gives me like when I actually watched them play, he gave me point guard vibes. When I when I saw Jalen, it was like okay, he could run the point if necessary. But I thought when Cole was at point, everything was just more fluid. It's like he had a lot um better um ball passing skills. He had a lot better uh vision when it came to actually being a floor general. So out of those players, I would say Cole Anthony. It's a tough one to me, bro. I really think it's tough. I think it sucks. From what I've seen from Suggs, I think Suggs will be the future point guard because I think I get a lot of point guard vibes from Suggs more than, more than I see it from Anthony. I think Anthony could be on the team for the next few years, but he won't be starting. He probably will be coming off the bench. But well, I think that's a I good role for Suggs, him. I think of Suggs getting a bucket. Like, that's why. That's, why that's I what think I think of with Cole Anthony. Of Cole Anthony getting uh, a bucket when Suggs is the point guard. So I think he'll be better suited coming off the bench being like that instant offense type of player while Suggs is setting everybody up in the in the you know in the starting lineup mm-hmm. with Van Carroll, Franz, and with Bobo and Wendell Carter as well. So I think Suggs, I think will be the point guard. Damn, I think yeah, Wendell was there last year too. Literally, bro, Wendell I literally saw everybody were naming except them niggas Paolo wasn't playing well last year. Because, because he wasn't on the trash team. Cans. The niggas, I'm telling you, Paolo makes everything work. <laughs> I'm sorry, but just adding that nigga was like, damn, everything changed. I literally bro. saw everybody that we're naming right now. <laughs> Paolo Van Carroll, and that's all I'm telling he wasn't you. On the team yet. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Paolo changed the whole energy of this team, bro. He just did. And then you add Bobo, 7 3 freak. I would like to see an Orlando match. I ain't gonna lie. But moving on to Two Wild Wednesday. First topic I got is. The Packers should start Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season. Two out or not two out? Mm. What's the Packers record? Four and seven. Not too wild. Plus, A-Rod got hurt this last game, too, I think. so. And I'm hearing that he's about to play again. Like, why are you playing? Like, I, oh, I don't bro. understand it at all, bro. I think Jordan Love should be the starter for the rest of the season and next season. I think with this season to turn out the way it did, I think this is the time where you move on from Aaron Rodgers. You trade Aaron Rodgers for whatever you can get, trade him to whatever, trade him to the Broncos. I don't give a damn. But I think this is the time to really transition to the next phase of Green Bay Packer football with Jordan Love. See what he can do now with these last six to seven games and then roll with that. If he plays well, you for sure roll with it. But even if he has his ups and downs, I just think it's time for Aaron Rodgers to move on, bro. I think it's best for both parties to move on from each other, dog. I really do. So I think for this year and next year, he he will be the starter. And I think Jordan Love is playing with house money right now because we don't really got no film on him for real. No no expectations. Even when he touched the field last year, I think it was was just some backup shit, like to where it didn't matter if you won the game or not, depending on at what point he got in the game. But I think the rest of this season – Shit, even the rest of this season ain't going to really be enough to evaluate him because y'all already not going to make the playoffs nine times out of ten. Even if y'all do, we know y'all getting y'all ass whooped. They not making Even if playoffs, y'all, bro. I about to say, um, even with all the other NFC teams being as trash as they are, like, I don't have any faith in them to win a playoff game. So Jordan Love has zero expectations right now. He played solid when he got in the game this past week. So... I think I, I agree with Quincy. I think you might as well go in, and I love A Rod, but you might as well let Jordan Love be the starter for the remainder of the season. I I don't know if I will automatically just say he's gonna be the starter for next season too. Mm-hmm. If you're getting if you're getting rid of Aaron Rodgers, then yeah, of course. But 
I don't see Green Bay just getting rid of Aaron Rodgers, which would make me say, no, nah, A-Rod will be the starter next season if he's you healthy. Have to, you have to rebuild this team, bro. I know I know they got a lot in that trade for Devontae Adams, so they could rebuild this team pretty quickly. They got a couple of first-round picks. You could add some things around Aaron Rodgers, bro. But I imagine if you trade Devontae, you trade A-Rod, because you're going to get a haul. Even with A-Rod being 40, you still going to get about two – Probably three first round picks for A Rod. Imagine trading him to the Jets, bro. The Jets need yeah. somebody to to really play that position at a high level. The Jets already got a defense. You add Aaron Rodgers and those weapons to that, the Jets Damn, would be fired. You got to give up, though, bro. You give up about three first round picks. Three first round picks. Uh, if you're the Jets, no you players. Do it. No, no players. players. Just just straight picks. Because they're not paying nobody right yet. That's a young team, so they got the cap space to absorb his contract. That's true. So it's like you don't have to trade any players. Just trade those three first round picks. I don't know if I want. Um, Zach Wilson ain't it. Damn, that's that's the best destination. That's the best destination for that nigga. It's a tricky situation because if you get a Rod, you have to win within the next year or two. The man already he himself he's already talking about retiring soon for sure. Excuse me, and he's not staying healthy. He just got hurt, like I said this past week, and. A-Rod began slammed on his shit. But they, have, they, got a, they got an all-around team. They got an all-around team. With they the Jets, do, though, bro, man. but I'm just saying it's it's a situation where it has to work. It absolutely has to work if you go all-in and get Aaron Rodgers like that. If you're somebody like the Jets with upside to where it's like, damn, I can't even say the Jets are overachieving this year because a lot of people put expectations on the Jets to be good this year. No, for sure. Damn. I thought the Jets were going to be good this year. And that's what I'm saying. You add a quarterback of that caliber, fuck all that Mike White and Zach Wilson. You go to that caliber of quarterback, and this is this is the only thing. This is the only thing. I think with the second or third round pick that they do keep, you got to draft a quarterback that you can see yourself going after. Uh, and that's going the hard part, bro. That's what I'm saying. That's Because it's not going to be a first round pick that you roll with. But get somebody just in case Aaron Rodgers does retire soon that you can develop while Aaron Rodgers is there, and I think that could be your backup plan. But as long as you got that in place, trade those first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, bro, and roll with Jordan Love. And with Jordan Love, now you got all of these picks from the Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers trade. You can make a really good team with that. You can build out the offensive line, offensive pieces, and you can build off that defense. Come on, bro. I think it's an easy decision. Easy decision, dog. I'm rolling with it. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. I, I said not too out to the pole, but that, that's a take. That's definitely a Aaron take. Aaron Rodgers to the <laughs> Jets, bro. All right, moving on. The Cardinals are already regretting the Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury extensions. Too wild or not too wild? Not too wild. Uh, both parties have been have been going at each other's necks. Uh, Kyler Murray said recently where he disagreed with the play calling and blah, blah, blah in a post-game press conference. Uh, we already know how the front office was going at Kyler Murray before the season even started or early into the season. Uh, so I would say not too wild. They probably are regretting the extensions, but you just got to ride it out at this point. And just try to make the shit shape until you find yourself in a situation where you can make the necessary moves if necessary. I say, I say not 
I say too wild on the collar point. I think Cliff Kingsbury, I think his time was up. I don't even know why they signed him to an extension, period. I thought he wasn't doing that great of a job anyway coming into this season. I thought they were going to flip and get another coach that was, like, well-rounded, who could coach the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But I don't think Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury should be in the NFL. I think Kyler Murray is fine. I think he is the quarterback for this team. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is the coach, though. So, too wild on the Kyler point. Cliff Kingsbury, I would say not too wild. Next, who is the MVP? Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Because I see that Mahomes getting a lot of the love, but Jalen Hurts still only tilling one now. Let's not forget. Hmm. I would say Jalen Hurts just because just because I feel like he's really willing this team. Not saying they're not talented. We know the Eagles are one of, if not the most complete team. But I think if Jalen Hurts is not the quarterback of the Eagles right now, it's not happening. Like what we're seeing happen with this team would not happen. So I say Jalen Hurts off of the impact, off of the fact that you see the emotion and how he's leading. And I, I said this a few weeks ago. If Jalen Hurts wins, it's not going to be because of statistics. It's be because of touchdowns. It's not going to be because of completion percentage. It's going to strictly be off of what we've seen him do and what he is doing with leading this team. And I think the impact is the story that's going to help him when it comes to MVP conversation. Yeah. I still roll with Hurts. I've been rolling with Hurts since the midpoint of the season. I still think it hurts. I know that Mahomes is doing everything. He's leading this team. Juju has been hurt some weeks. But I still think you got to give Hurts all of this credit. And I think it's the story that goes along with the Eagles of, we didn't expect him to be this good. That has to be baked into him winning the MVP as well. I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP for this season, bro. Josh Allen has fallen off. Mahomes is playing well. Mahomes is like right there on his ass now. It's not really that big of a gap. It's like boom, boom. Mahomes is doing Mahomes type. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. We This is Mahomes doing Mahomes shit. I know there was a lot of questions about him after losing Tyreek Hill. So a lot of people want to give him so much love for that. But it's Mahomes at the end of the day. Hurts, we did not expect this shit at all, dog. So it's like we got to give him more credit. They're 10 and 1. They got a good all-around team. But it's still because of Hurts' improvement that they're winning these games. So I would have... Hurts won, but like I said, Mahomes right there on his ass. Right there on his ass. I'll have Hurts. Moving on to social media wants to know, do fairy tales and myths hurt kids in the long run? Yeah, bro. So it's about Christmas time. By the time this episode drops, it is going to be December by the time y'all hear us. So uh, getting in the holiday spirit, see Christmas stuff around. You know, stores already got their Christmas sales going. Black Friday is past us. And I was just thinking. I see a lot of people nowadays, you know, breaking the tradition of because, you know, times change and things change with different generations. I'm seeing a lot more generations of our age or a little bit older or a little bit younger not go with the idea of telling their about Santa Claus or making it very clear to their kids at a young age. Santa Claus is not real. I got you this shit. Mm. Not Santa. Like. (laughs) I see a lot of people saying that, bro. And then it just made me think, does that really help your kids when it comes to their imagination? Because kids still have to have some type of imagination to them, bro. Yes, of course, you want to give them truths and you want to let them know 
the impact you're having in their life. But I still think it's cool to tell kids sometimes that, hey, put that put that tooth under your bed so you can get five dollars later when the tooth fairy comes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just nah. think shit like that is cool. Like it is. And it's like in due time, tell them the truth. But you shouldn't be walking around telling no three or four year olds, Santa ain't real. I got you this. But then when <laughs> when they go to school, like you know, a lot of their peers, a lot of the people they're in school with, like they're like, Santa got me this, Santa got me this, and they ruin and it for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, what if your kid going around telling people, No, your mom and your dad got you that, or your grandma got you that, blah blah blah. And now other parents are mad at you because <laughs> you're just trying to teach your kid real shit, but they're trying to let their kids be kids and be imaginative while they're at that young age. So I just wanted to know do fairy tales hurt kids? Or does us telling the truth to them so early hurt them? Damn, bro. That's a hell of a question, dog. I think you have to tell them that Santa Claus got you. You know what I'm saying? Against when they're young, you know what I'm saying? And I think the reason why parents do that, it isn't even to keep it real with them. It's that they just want the credit for themselves. So they want you to know, like, I gave you this shit so they can feel the love and appreciation for it. Because I remember when I was coming up, I was somebody who did believe in Santa Claus. My mom used to literally write Santa Claus on the damn gifts and shit. Me too. So I, I used to legit think Santa Claus got me shit. So I was somebody who really like think, was thanking Santa and shit. So I used to go in there and pray, like, thank you, Santa, for this shit. Like, I was that type of person <laughs> and shit. You know what I'm saying? But I love that. I love that my mom kept me in that imaginative state. It was gifts that had mom on there, that had dad on there. But it was certain gifts that she would have Santa Claus. So it was like, that Fact, shit was just a bro. dope feeling, bro. To have that, like, damn, Santa really thought about my ass. I was a good boy exactly. this year. Like, that's just a dope exactly. feeling to have. Or when you put the tooth under the, the pillow and you got a dollar under there. That's just a dope feeling as a kid, bro. You don't want to take that away from them at a young age and tell them real shit just because you want the credit and you don't want to give it to some imaginary person. Like, you got, leave them in that imaginative state. It's dope. You, you know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people, when they get older, they forget how dope it was to once be a kid and think that Santa Claus was getting them shit. Like, let them stay in that state. Because I understand there's there's a lot of people who are adults now that didn't have that type of childhood. Like, it's a lot of men and women who could tell you, like, like I ain't really get presents like that. So Santa ain't never come to me, blah, blah, blah. So I ain't going to lie to my kids and tell them, blah. But just because that happened to you, don't take that possible joy away from your kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know. They might fuck with the idea of, of Santa. Now, whether you tell them it's a big white dude or a big black dude or whatever, <laughs> like, you can have your version of Santa if you want. But my parents were the same way, bro. Like, just how Quincy said, there would be presents that said mom, dad, or if my brothers and sisters got me stuff, their names would be on it. But it'd be a couple of gifts that said Santa. And I'd be like, damn, like, and bro, like my parents were so slick with it because they'll make sure it's the gift I really wanted that says Santa on it. Like the clothes and the shoes and maybe a watch here or there, like it'll be from them. But bro, that PlayStation 3, that was Santa, bro. I don't give a damn, bro. That PlayStation 3, that was Santa. I don't care what y'all talking about. Damn. it's, It's certain shit that's like you... I don't think you should take that away from kids like or the excitement with the tooth fairy and all that like like what like what do you get out of not give letting your kid have that experience like yeah. I, I don't know i just think it's certain shit that should be tradition and certain shit that you should tell them you ain't got to yeah. tell them santa got you everything but 
Tell him, yeah, that one or two gifts over there you see in the corners, I ain't have enough money, but Santa got you that. I told Santa you wanted that. Like, and that's just, just real that nigga shit happen, yeah. bro. Yeah, that's real yeah. nigga shit. That's, that's real nigga day, shit, dog. That's real, that's real nigga shit, bro. That's crazy. But going to your point, do myths and fairy tales hurt the kid? So, for example, if a, a mom was to tell the kid that Santa Claus ain't real, is that hurting the kid at all that he doesn't know the truth or that he does know the truth? Does that hurt them? Uh, I don't think I don't it really think hurts them per se. It don't hurt them, but you just prepare your child for, and I, I can't tell you what to and what not to prepare your child for, but you just preparing your child for real shit so early when it's like, you want them to keep that innocence. Like you want them to keep that ignorant, innocent mind as a child to a certain extent. Do you want to put your child up on game on certain shit? If they're comprehending, of course, but I don't think telling them Santa is real is, I don't think that's hurting them in any way. So I don't, and I don't think not telling them Santa is real is hurting them either. But I just think the innocence that children have when thinking and being imaginative, I think you should allow them to experience that. If they end up finding out on their own that Santa ain't real, okay, cool. At least you gave them the opportunity to believe in the shit. But I don't think withholding it hurts them either. You're just preparing them for real life shit a lot earlier. And that's one thing. I did, my parents didn't tell me that Santa Claus wasn't real. I just found out that the nigga wasn't real. Somebody yeah. else told me that he wasn't real. So yeah. I was like, damn. So Santa didn't give me that belt for Christmas? What the fuck? My mom got me that belt. <laughs> like, that's the type of shit. It's like, damn, that shit just hit you all at once. So now, sometimes it do feel like you've been lied to. It's like, damn, these niggas got my ass. Damn, I thought that was really that shit. To this day, bro, I promise to God, I never know where my parents hide the Christmas gifts, bro. I never know. I'm grown. I'm grown as hell. I still to this day do it. My brothers and sisters, like, we still don't know where they hide the shit. Like, yeah. be before them niggas, before them niggas get too old and not remember them all, I'm finna ask them where they hide the Christmas shit. Because we've lived in different houses over the years mm -hmm. throughout me being in high school and being grown now to where it's like, okay, whatever I thought was the hiding spot, that ain't it no more because we don't live there no more. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I don't know where the hiding spot is for all these damn gifts that they be getting. But I, I don't know. I just always thought that was cool because it's like, damn, people telling me Santa ain't real, but I can never find the gifts if I try to look. So, and they're, mm -hmm. they're always here when they need to be on Christmas. So, <laughs> yeah. so hey, I put two and two together. And my parents, yeah. even though we grown now, my parents still put Santa on gifts, even though we know Santa ain't do it, but my mm -hmm. dad will be, he'll be looking through his gifts and she'll be like, here, this what Santa got you. And it'd it be the gift that he been asking for the whole time. Mm -hmm. Real nigga shit. So we just Real do it. Just, we just do it just cause. But I don't mm -hmm. know. I think it's fun, like you said. It is. And moving on to the next topic, we have: Does roasting lead to insecurities? Yeah. So I, um, me and Quincy both heard this topic on the Mallory Bros podcast. Shout out to Terrence and Terrell. Um, they were talking about the culture of roasting. Um, particularly in their area. They're from the DMV area. They grew up in PG County, Maryland. And we grew up, of course, in Florida, but roasting is universal, especially when it comes nah, to Nah, for sure. <laughs> I'm about to say for sure. And it don't matter where you're the from. Converse, the conversation was, does roasting in middle school and high school lead to insecurities, especially in men later down the line in life? And I was just sitting thinking, bro, it was some shit I got made fun of for. 
that I built tough skin now if somebody talks shit now that I got tough skin for. But it was shit mm-hmm. that I really probably no, did about feel insecure about. Like, mm-hmm. cause when I had, you remember when I had eczema bad as fuck? Like, I had mm-hmm. eczema bad as fuck all over my face and around mm-hmm. my hairline and everything. People would say I had glue on my face. Like, people would say my face was discolored. Like, niggas would roast me. And it's yeah. like, the shit would hurt, but it's like, I built tough skin from it and I learned how to crack jokes back at the same time and not mm-hmm. be not fall so a victim to people just making fun of me. So I think it's a double-edged sword. The thing about roasting, because we we started off, we me and Edgar been going to school together for a long time, y'all, since like elementary school. But in elementary school, we went to private school. So I wasn't really used to the roasting in private school because we was all cool, yeah. we was all chilling. We wasn't really on the roasting shit. But going to a public middle school, that's like a, especially Bay Point Middle School in St. Pete. During that time, we had brawls. It, it was a wild time at Bay Point Middle School. Fights. Yeah, it was a wild time at Bay Point Middle School. So roasting was just like a different culture for me. And I never experienced that. So going through that during sixth grade was like something that really hit me hard. Because I didn't know how to uh, retaliate or uh, snap back at people like that. So it definitely led to a lot of insecurities. And I changed a lot of stuff because people was roasting me. Like, I used to have a skinhead and shit. So niggas used to pick at me because, like, I, my, my cut was low. It was like, oh, that nigga bald his head. That nigga used to slap the back of my neck. Like, shit like that used to really affect me. So I just, like, told my mom, like, I ain't getting that haircut no more. I got to get another haircut. I got to leave more head on my, my hair. Like, to look cool. Like, I got to get a fade with, like, a 1.5 instead of a 1. So it's like that shit led me to like change shit about myself that I ended up liking, but I changed it because niggas was roasting me about the shit. So it definitely led to insecurities for sure. Like over the years, yes, did I learn how to snap back? Did it build tough skin? Did I learn how to embrace it? Yes. But during that first year, nigga, that shit was tough, bro. Like I didn't know how to react to it. Sometimes I had to laugh along with it sometimes because sometimes you got an awkward laugh, even though it's some funny shit. It's like, damn, like you picking out some shit that I really had to think about when I went home. Like, I went home and thought about the shit. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it definitely affected me. I ain't gonna lie. And it was certain people that, like, because everybody knows the person that makes fun of the person that's laughing and not the person that's cracking back at them. You experience that a lot. Like, you'll Mm -hmm. be in a group of people. You ain't saying nothing. And whoever is the main person cracking jokes, they won't say shit to the person that's cracking jokes back at them. But they see you over there chuckling at something they didn't think was funny. Oh, now <laughs> that's your ass. And it's oh, like, what you laughing for? Yeah, what you laughing for? And it's like, bro, come on, bro. When when it's not your dogs, when it's not your friends, and it's just random ass people, that shit is weird. Like Quincy said, that yeah. shit could be awkward because it's like you just genuinely thought something. You don't even have a side in the matter. But people see you laughing and they know you're not affiliated with anything. So they just automatically go for you. Or you got the people who crack jokes on people who minding their own business. Like I remember Mm -hmm. in in high school, I would see niggas cracking jokes about people who off to the side, eating lunch by themselves, minding their business. Like, bro, like, why are you cracking jokes on these motherfuckers? And they like little white dude over here eating his lunch. He ain't bothering nobody. He minding his business. Like, I don't like people who crack jokes and roast like that because mm-hmm. now you're just picking on people. Like, yeah. if you're going to do what you do, do it with people who understand what you're doing. Do it with people mm-hmm. who, even if they don't say shit back, they, they understand the concept of what you're doing. Don't crack jokes and roast people who are just living their life and ain't got no business near what you're talking about. So. Yeah. So that shit definitely led to insecurities, bro. But I think, like you said, it's a double-edged sword to it because, yes, it leads to insecurities, but you, 
one, you also, you hear the shit so many times because it's usually only a couple of things that they're picking on you about. Like maybe yep. you got acne coming up, so they're picking on your acne. Maybe they, it's a low cut. I remember this nigga Kobe, every time he used to squeeze his head, he used to have rolls in his head. Niggas used to clown him over that. So it was like certain <laughs> shit. It's only like a certain shit people pick you on. And once you hear it over and over again, it's like, all right, nigga, that shit old. And niggas ain't laughing no more. Now you get to get your shit off now. I was like, all right, bitch, yep. now I get to get on you because I've been waiting, nigga. I've been going home. Because you know how sometimes, bro, a nigga gets some shit off and you be like, that nigga got me. But you going home like, oh, I should have said this. So the next time that nigga pick on you, so the next time that nigga get on you, be like, oh, you already got some shit in the heater for this nigga. Like, all right, bitch. <laughs> already got some shit for your ass, hey, but I've been waiting you to don't say understand. You don't yeah. understand the improv of it because after you get that one joke off, they got more coming and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't expect yeah. to get this part. <laughs> I didn't expect hey, yeah, this many people to laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's when you want the nigga to go to somebody else. What you laughing for, bitch? That's when you want that shit to come up. Because you like, all right, yeah, 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 my nigga. I ain't with it with it. Shit. I bro, ain't with it. Easy, easy would tell me that shit all the time, bro. He'll be like, if y'all don't know who Easy is, he he one of our friends. Just look up the fat dude who played Taco Fall. That's easy. But, <laughs> but easy to tell me all the time, bro. Growing up, after niggas was done with their fat jokes, I was going exactly. in. Exactly. Because I know you exactly. had nothing else after that. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't how I dressed. It it wasn't that wasn't talking to nobody. I, I talked to certain girls that I wanted to talk to. So you couldn't say I couldn't talk to nobody. You couldn't say I couldn't dress. Once your fat jokes are over, my nigga, just know it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going crazy. <laughs> and I feel like fat people were always the best when it came to roasting because they hear certain jokes so many times and it's like, oh yeah, I nigga, I'm finna get the cooking on your ass. I'm finna go. I mean, in. I'm finna get the cooking your shit. All right, yeah. Yeah, even bro. ugly dude, even ugly dudes, ugly certain ugly dudes, nah, certain yeah. ugly dudes, they just they just gotta sit there and take it. But it's yeah. certain ugly dudes that you can't go too far with because you even if you got endless ugly jokes, they already know what their life is at this point. <laughs> 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 They've completely facts. grown comfortable with their ugliness. <laughs> no, nah, facts, facts, facts. Damn, bro. Those times that those and um I think it builds character though, bro. And I think that's the biggest thing about roasting. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Without those times, I wouldn't be the person that I am today without that. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't be in the same yeah. position. I wouldn't have the confidence that I do because all of that was built in middle school. You know what I'm saying? In those type of trenches when you get enrolled, you know what I'm saying? It builds confidence. So I wouldn't, I don't take back any of those moments. Like, damn, I wish I wasn't in that position because that made me who I am today. It made me have tough skin. It made me, you know what I'm saying, react to certain shit a certain way. And I think it's it's real prevalent with I, I would say minorities, because not even black people, not even just black people, because I'm sure Hispanics or whatever other minorities. But like, let's say you go to a, let's say you go to a, a all white private school for high school or middle school or some shit. You're not really experiencing roasting. If you're a minority, you may experience like some some racial slander. You may experience some like prejudices or whatever. But you're not going through the culture of roasting. I think that's really a minority thing that we get so used to mm. shit. Even, even certain parents like condition their kids. Like he, okay. He talk about you talk about him back. Like I hear parents mm-hmm. say that all the time. Like oh, don't sure. sit there and cry. Like don't sit there and cry. Let him know he hurts your feelings. Like say some shit back. Yeah. Like, and it was funny because I, I, I can't remember if Terrence or Terrell said it as you get older and you try to have a conversation, niggas still get on you. Cause it's like, what if you what if you're in your group chat and somebody say something and everybody think it's funny, but you and you be like, bro, I ain't gonna lie, like you really hurt my feelings with that. The whole group chat for the play. <laughs> <laughs> no boy, hey, no boy. 
Yeah. You heard my feelings, head ass, this sensitive <laughs> ass nigga. <laughs> we're the only group that's like that. We'll pick on you about anything, my nigga. Nigga, you sensitive as shit. We're going to flame your ass anywhere Look else. Look at this nigga wearing a coat in the wintertime. Yeah. Cold ass nigga. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I'm dressed. I'm like, dressed nigga, you also have a jacket on. What are you talking about? Like, it should be the wildest shit like that, dog. It should be wild, bro. Look at this nigga. He got all his supplies for the day. <laughs> Look at this nigga. He got a pencil for class. Like, nigga, this is wild shit, bro. And then they're going to ask you for the pencil. Like, <laughs> middle school was wild, bro. Middle no, it definitely was, was. It definitely was. Damn. Like I said, it definitely made you who you were, though. And that's what I appreciate about it. And uh, moving on to entertainment, the current events, we got Jerry Jones in the headlines. Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of y'all on Twitter, Instagram, social media in general, or if you've been watching sports shows, you've seen this still shot of a 14 or 15 year old Jerry Jones in like this civil right moment, this civil rights historic moment where he's caught in the background of a crowd of people at a high school in Little Rock, Arkansas during the Little Rock Nine um desegregation movement and people have been going in on jerry jones because we know jerry jones as this 80 year old white owns the dallas cowboys and who really has not ever hired a black coach black head coach i should say in his entire tenure has never really had a good stance when it came to the you know colin kaepernick situation he took a knee with the team but he only did it after donald trump said something he didn't do it because he felt like he really wanted to do it so we know the past of Jerry Jones is very pro-white and we see a picture of him in a civil rights moment where he clearly isn't on our side. <laughs> and I just wanted to say, I, I hope nobody was really surprised by this. I tell people all the time, bro, I'm never shocked if an older white person is racist. I'm not because that's what you grew up in. I don't blame Jerry Jones for having the thoughts he may have or the feelings or the viewpoint on how he wants society to be. He grew up in prime pre-civil rights, pre-Jim Crow move on um, movement. Like he grew up in that world. So I'm in country as Arkansas. So I'm more than sure <laughs> he has some type of racist thoughts at that moment. I know Stephen A and a couple other um people, black or white, who have probably come out and said, well, we can't say what he felt then. It's probably what he feels now. That's true. But if there's a <laughs> that happened over and I was about over, to say, yeah, and we know you for being this, and then we get proof that you've always been like this, yeah, that, that's a problem, bro. That's a problem. That's what I'm saying. That's why I wasn't rocking with Stephen when he said that, dog. He feel the same way he felt back then. He feel now because what has changed? He's just gotten more money. Because what do they say, bro? They say once you get more money, you become more of the person that you always were. So if he was this person when he was 16, he probably didn't have that much money. And now he a billionaire. He got all this money. He's because, uh, had so many companies now. You don't think he's more of what he was in the past? Yes. He's more probably more racist than he was. Yeah, does he have a relationship with black people? Because he has to. Because he owns a football team. And yeah, he uh, has friends in the media. Cool. It's still racist people that keep it cordial with black folks because it's just that's just mm -hmm. a part of the business. That don't mean they not racist. <laughs> so that it's teacher, like, that teacher that we just talked about yeah. a week or two ago, like he was racist, but like he said, I don't treat y'all any different. But that's what I I'm have saying. My viewpoint, like, exactly. He just keep it cordial, and I think that's the same thing we see here with Jerry Jones. So no, I was not surprised that Jerry Jones was a part of this picture. I'm honestly surprised that Jerry Jones didn't come out with a better statement in response to this picture. He honestly hasn't said anything. It's been pretty quiet on his front because let's have this shit in reverse, bro. If this was a moment where 
a white person was getting blocked by a group of black people. Niggas was going crazy. If we would have flipped it, so if Stephen A was in a damn a picture like this and have it in reverse, and he was blocking a white person from getting into a school like the Little Rock Nine, niggas would be on Stephen A head if that was a, a situation in reverse. Niggas would be on his head. But nobody's really on Jerry Jones' head. Niggas is just like, okay, and moving on. But if this was flipped, niggas would be on that black person's head. So I, I just think it's weird, bro. He didn't I, really I have any explanation just, of what he did. I, I think it's just because, like we said, like we're just, it, it doesn't shock us because it, it makes sense. Like that mm-hmm. that would have been like showing us a, a Black Panther picture of Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson was wearing free, um, and Angela, um, what you call it? That nigga was Davis. wearing free Angela, yeah, free Angela Davis shirts back in the seventies and and all that shit. So it's like that's like if I would have saw a Black Panther picture of Samuel Jackson, I'd have been like, okay, he's shown support of these type of people already in past pictures that I've seen. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a Black Panther or some shit. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing with white people. I'm not surprised if I see certain white people in certain situations, 50s, 60s, 70s, or whatever, because those were the times, and you were either clearly on this side or you were clearly on the other side. And we see Jerry yeah. Jones was clearly on the other side. I'm not so fast to jump and just call black people coons or whatever because Stephen A has done a lot for HBCUs. He's donating and giving scholarships to a lot of black students. He's changed the culture of ESPN with all the black people we see on there now. Hold so on, bro, because I, I heard him say I heard him saying that. I heard him saying that. And that's cool, bro. But when you do that, you still got to stand up and be pro-black in certain moments. And I think this is a moment where he was supposed to be pro-black. It, it, and he was, and was. he was, and he was standing on the side of somebody who, just because you cool with Jerry Jones, you're not gonna stand with what the Little Rock Nine had to go through in the past and what Jerry Jones was a part of. You sticking with a nigga that you're fond of? That don't even make sense. I agree. That's why I said I I totally disagree with him on this stance, but. Even with Shaq and Chuck, okay, when they ahead. came mm-hmm. out against Kyrie and was calling Kyrie an idiot and this, that, and the third, and people were saying Chuck a coon, Shaq a coon, I don't, I don't think that's not really coons, a coon. That's not coon behavior. That's not coon behavior. Just going against, you know, that's not cool. Well, a lot of people were saying it was because it's like it was honestly when you. At this point, whenever you go against another black person and it gets blasted on social media, that's what people call I was about to say, that's not coon behavior at all. It's not coon. It really wasn't, but that's what it was labeled as. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That's not coon, but all right. (laughs) But I think what Stephen A behavior is, what he's doing, being on the side of a black man, on the side of a white man in this type of situation. I I don't care how much money you give in the HBCUs, bro. That doesn't give you the right to be on the side of a white man, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 going against the Little Rock Nine, like that doesn't make it okay just because you've given all this money to HBCUs, bro. Like that doesn't matter, bro. Whether you've given money or you haven't, you, it's a side that you should be on, I think, in this type of situation, bro. Like Jerry Jones was wrong. Jerry Jones shit. was clearly wrong. Yeah, it's the same shit with, um, with Kanye. Like you have all this pro-black shit to say one minute, but then you buddy buddy, you're taking pictures with Donald Trump saying you want to run with president, run with him for president. The next is like you you gotta make it real clear what what is yeah. your motive and what is your overall stance. I I think I think Stephen A's overall stance is pro-blackness. I think Stephen A is pro-black. He just does have a lot of moments where he's too understanding of the other side because you could definitely be way too understanding to where you're just giving passes when you shouldn't be like mm-hmm. i feel like the same way 
he calls out um and he gives black players a lot of praise too. A lot of people always say Stephen A. tearing down black athletes, but he gives a lot of praise to black athletes too. Mm-hmm. It's just social media eats up a lot more of the negative. But the same way you can call out black people with certain shit, you got to be able to call out these high profile white people with certain shit. And mm-hmm. he just doesn't he doesn't jump to do it as much as he jumps to do it with black people. And mm-hmm. I think that's the problem that a lot of us have with him. Same thing with Shaq and Chuck. I, I don't they both said plenty of things when it comes to being pro black, but they have their moments too, especially Chuck when he act like he don't understand the situation. Yeah. So that was weird. But moving on to Kim K stays partner to Balenciaga, despite what we talked about last week with them sexualizing children. Yeah, so Quincy said it best, bro. He said this is a social experiment to see how far these brands, whether luxury or mid-level or whatever, how much they can get away with. Kim K came out with a statement crying about how she's a mother and she was so offended and hurt and she couldn't believe what Balenciaga did. But, and of course, there was a but in there. (laughs) She was saying she hopes they go through the correct um, authorities and handles the situation to where this never happens again. And she's going to continue her partnership with Balenciaga. So, and can, shout out to Candace Owens. Candace Owens, another black person that most black people do not agree with most of the time, but you gotta lo- you gotta know when to call a spade a spade. And as black people, we think once we know you think this way, we just think you're always this way. No, Candace Owens says some good shit. She is all she said, I'm also a mother. Like I also understand companies can mess up, but this is a situation where no, like you sexualizing kids, you're completely cut off. You should have cut Balenciaga off the moment you seen that shit, just off of the strength that you have kids. Like, and the fact that Kim K kind of saved Balenciaga with her word of um word of cosign, I just think, damn, Quincy was right. All it takes is just for a couple of sorry bullshit ass apologies, a cosign from a high pro- profile person, and then they back in the good graces. When Floyd Mayweather said, I don't give a damn what Gucci just said or did, I'm finna still buy that shit. Gucci was like, okay, cool. We still got exactly. One of the richest niggas walking around that everybody know he's still buying from us. Oh, yeah, we good. Kim K did the same shit for Balenciaga just then, bro. Balenciaga is still finna make money. They still finna sell. And famous black people, along with people with kids or white people or whatever, are still going to buy their shit. So Quincy was right. The social experiment did work. That shit works every time. Like we talked about with H&M when they had the monkey situation, being on a black kid wearing that shirt. It's like, bro, we still go to H&M even though we know what happened in the past. People still go to Gucci even though they have a racist past. And people are still going to go to Balenciaga even though we just had this situation. And it's crazy when we see situations like the Kanye and the Kyrie situation. We see Kyrie after his comments or after he posted the, the video he got dropped by all of these brands. Nike suspended his contract. I mean, Ye got dropped by Adidas, dropped by all of these companies, Balenciaga, and all this shit for his comments about anti-Semitism. But when somebody has a marketing ad sexualizing kids, the most disgusting shit you can see, niggas is still fucking with them. But we just see two black players, or not two black players, but two black people lose sponsorships for comments and we don't drop or we don't stop going to a place who clearly feels a certain way or clearly markets a certain way and people still going to go there. Like, that's just crazy to see, bro, with the, the, the dichotomy of that shit, dog. So I'm not surprised by any means. 
Balenciaga was is trying to sue the production company of the commercial. It's like, do you know how many hands of y'all that it had to go through before it got to the production? <laughs> exactly, company? bro. That's exactly. like that's like me selling a shirt at the mall, but me getting mad and trying to sue the mall because they're not selling the shirt the way I thought they were selling it. Like mm-hmm. we had to have come to some type of agreement of how this product was gonna be marketed and sold before I just gave it to y'all. So Balenciaga trying to get this bullshit about, you know, we're going to sue the production company because we didn't know this was blah, blah, blah. Y'all are a multi-million dollar company and you profit off of luxury branding yourselves with high celebrities. You know what the hell you're marketing with. I didn't even know Balenciaga had commercials. It's just certain brands that I I think don't have commercials. Like whenever I see a Gucci commercial, I'm like, oh shit, this really on TV? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it, cause Crack sells itself. The dope gonna sell itself like we always say. Chinese places will never have commercials. Waffle House will never have commercials. Till this day, until today, I did not know Balenciaga had commercials. But mm-hmm. you know what's you know what's gonna be put out there in the world. Yeah. And like I said, that's why I always love to see what happens after a situation like this. Like, are people going to cut them off? Are people going to speak out against that certain brand? And that's why I say I don't speak on certain things. Like, I'm not going to be the person that with the fake outrage. Like, oh, I can't believe Balenciaga do this. Like, let me see what everybody else does. Let me see if these celebrities going to speak out against them. And nine times out of ten, they do not. It takes somebody like Candace Owens, who a lot of black people hate, to say something against Balenciaga. But everybody else still cool with it. Like, you're telling me nobody else going to speak out against Balenciaga? Like, this goes even past Kim K, uh, past the partnership. Like, why is just nobody else in general speaking out against Balenciaga? Like, that shit is weird, bro. Like, we're brainwashed to fuck with these companies for some reason, which I don't understand. Like, fuck these people, these, dog. A lot of these famous niggas, bro, they getting free Balenciaga, bro. And when they do these fashion show walks and when they do these, like, collabs and get custom-made clothes and shit like that, like, what's another brand, right? What's a brand that hood niggas love wearing right now? Amiri. Chrome Hearts. <laughs> Amiri and Chrome Hearts. Mm-hmm. Let some shit come out by Chrome Hearts and Amiri's. Niggas gonna turn a blind eye at like they see <laughs> nothing. Because right now, niggas love Chrome Hearts and niggas love Amiri's. Even, like, let's say our buying level. V-Long. What if V-Loan come out with something? You still gonna see niggas taking pictures with their back turned, showing that no lame-ass V-Loan. <laughs> no bullshit, bro. It never fails, bro. Whether white, black, or any other race, that shit does not fail. Niggas are going to continue to fuck with these designer brands. That's why I say it's a social experience, a social experiment, because I think these companies at this point, they want to see how far they can go until somebody says, we're not going to fuck with you. Where They're just pushing the fur- the the the... The barrier further and further, like, oh, we can go this far with these people. Damn, there is there, something else is going to come out with another designer brand where they push it even further, and people are going to be like, damn, that's crazy. And then everybody's going to keep going on about their day like nothing happened. Like, this is going to continue to happen until somebody says, damn, this is fucked up. Like, a high level person or high, multiple high level people say, damn, that's completely fucked up. They're just going to keep pushing the barrier further and further to see how far they can get away with, bro. It's been happening for years already, and we don't give a fuck. Crazy dog. Yeah, man. I don't know who it's gonna take, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to L'Oreal products causing cancer. Yeah, so according to NBC Black, which is um a black subordinate of the NBC news station, uh four black women. Hold on, I'm trying to pull it up. 
four black women have filed lawsuits against L'Oreal and other companies as they claim chemicals in their hair straightening products have caused them to develop uterine cancer. The lawsuit states that three of the four women suing had got have gotten hysterectomies, a surgical procedure that removes all parts of the uterus. And one of the women is only 28 years old. Rhonda Terrell is a 55 year old woman who began getting her hair relaxed at eight years old after developing uterine. God damn. How do you say this name? Uterine carcinosarcoma. She did six rounds of chemo and was in remission for almost two years. The cancer then returned to her liver and abdomen. She is currently undergoing chemotherapy again. I just think that's crazy as hell that a a big company like L'Oreal, and it says other companies too. The other companies weren't named, but L'Oreal is one of the biggest names in this situation. Because remember, I don't even know if you ever watched it, but that Chris Rock documentary called, um, it was about hair. I forgot what the fuck the name of the documentary was, but they talked about that in mm-hmm. that movie. And it was like a documentary about the hair care product um, companies over the years when it came to black people and black women specifically, how putting perms in your hair and all the chemicals that you do and blah, 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 how can it, how it can affect you later down the line. I just think it's crazy because I wonder how the suing situation is going to go because I think on certain bottles, I even think I think it even said side like, effects. Mm-hmm. Side effects could include cancer and blah blah blah. So I'm wondering if they're even gonna win just because of that. And I think L'Oreal, as bad as the products may be down the long run, it they may have they may have their asses covered with the fact that some of their bottles say that. No, they they probably do, bro, or have something that can cause cancer or something like that, like some side effect that can cause cancer. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. This shit is just crazy, like, because obviously you hear that perms aren't good for you. Like a lot of young ladies get told that from a young age, but they continuously do it. But to see something like this, like be like get caught up in the news and get caught up in the headlines is honestly an eye opener. And I wouldn't be surprised if people later down the line just start telling their kids, like, you just finna go natural with this shit. We just finna start doing your hair, braiding your hair just natural, dog, because I don't even want to risk what can potentially happen to you down the line. If can you continuously do this? So I think this could lead to more natural hairstyles moving forward. Cause this is scary, bro. Just the, the potential of it. And the whole aspect of black women wearing natural hair is just it's always such a complex thing. Exactly. Before before society got to where women could really have jobs and professional work environments, they had natural hair all the time. It was when they got into these professional jobs in the new economy that we started building that white people started telling us, you know, your hair needs to be straight. Your hair needs to look as much like ours as possible. Introducing, you know, relaxers and perms and all that to straighten black women's hair and blah, blah, blah. Then eventually, you know, the wigs and the the laces and the, mm-hmm. you know, the tracks and everything. And it's gotten to a point now to where most black women don't like wearing their hair natural because one, they say it's a lot to manage and keep up, which it is. Trust me. I've, I've had natural hair basically all my life. (laughs) So as a guy, I can tell you how much work it is. So I couldn't even imagine being a girl and having to make sure you're pretty all the fucking time with it. Mm -hmm. But the maintenance of it, and just the fact that it's not weather friendly. Like I see, I hear a lot of black women say all the time, as soon as I go outside, I already know what's going to happen with my hair. And it, it mm-hmm. happens every time. Mm-hmm. But 
a lot of times with perms or with wigs or whatever, you ain't got to worry about that because your hair is already in this protected chemical form or this protected cap that you braid it down or whatever. So I don't know if we'll ever get back to a point to where most or all black women will just be natural all the time. But I think this is a step forward in that direction. Yeah, this is scary, bro. If they can't trust the chemicals they've been using since they was little girls. Yeah. Or they're just going to go more and more towards wigs and not even mess with the perms at all. I feel like that could be an option, too. So they are not yeah. getting close to the perms. But I feel like it could have something to do with it like that. But uh, moving forward to movie and show news, we have Netflix's Wednesday is breaking records. If you guys do not know the show, it is basically the Adams Family spinoff about the daughter of Morticia and Gomez Adams. They say Wednesday now holds the record for most hours viewed in a week for an English language series on Netflix with 341 million hours. The series starring Jenny or Jenna Ortega from Epps, Tim Burton, Al Go, and Miles Miller is number one in 83 countries, tying the record set by Stranger Things 4. And you, if you are in the conversations with Stranger Things anything, you are doing something right. So Wednesday, I'm on, I'm on episode six currently. It's a pretty good show. I would advise people to watch it. It's been pretty dope to, to watch. And I was somebody who watched Adam's Family growing up. So I'm somebody who was like mm -hmm. really was already in tune to it when I seen the trailer come out a couple of months ago. My mom put me on at a very young age. So I, I really fuck with the show. It's dope. So yeah, I my definitely parents put me on the Adam's Family too. Y'all, y'all know my parents old, so <laughs> they <laughs> put me on shit, shit like that me. early. <laughs> yeah, that was really their shit back in the that, day. That so theme song, that shit was catchy as hell. I was like, damn, that shit hard. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yes, sir. So definitely shout out to them and shout out to Jenna Ortega too, because she's been in a lot of shit recently, and she's playing a middle school girl in this series, which I think she's like twenty years old, but I think it's just so dope. When people that are like that age can still like play down to that, and they can still look like this, she still looks like a middle school girl. That shit is nuts to me, dog. Or like yeah, a high that, school. Girl. That, should, high school that should be weird sometimes, though, bro. Now, nah, but she real deal look like a uh, high school, like a little ass high school. Like damn, because like, damn, really goes um, that. You know what blew me with that age shit one time? Goddamn, Hannah Montana boy. When I found out her Ooh. brother Jackson. Jackson was playing a 17 to 18 role. How old was he? In his 30s. He was in word. I he was like, bro, what? <laughs> that shit was wild when I found that out. He was in his 30s, bro. Now that shit used to be crazy back in the day. They used to have like 40 year olds playing 20 year olds. That used to be nuts back in the day. It's gotten better now with the casting. But <laughs> when you watch House Party, when you watch House yeah. Party now, facial hair, beard, all that shit. Like, damn, he's growing ass. He's growing ass 16 year olds. What the fuck is going on? Niggas about 30, look at niggas like <laughs> 30 years old, 18 in high school. Like, bro, what? You're supposed to be teaching class, not learning. <laughs> that shit is nuts, bro. That shit is nuts. That's how I said back in the day it was worse. But yeah, but now nah, it's it's gotten better over the years. It's gotten better. I did not know that about Jackson, though. I did not think he was 30. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Nuts. But uh, moving on to past the Ox, bro. What you got for Song of the Week? Song of the Week. I've been on Jamie Foxx, bro. I've been on that old Jamie Foxx. What song I'm going to pick? I'm going to go in Unpredictable. Damn. You definitely listen to old Jamie Foxx, bro. Uh, I'm playing. 
I uh, yeah, I've been listening to Lil Dirt this week. Uh, hear it back from that uh 7220 album by Lil Dirt. Mm. I don't think that heavy this week, so I'll tell you that one. And moving on to movie and show reviews, bro. What we got coming up? Uh, I just dropped the Black Panther um review, so go check that out. Uh, we've done She Hulk and a lot of other horror films that we did a, a whole horror recap on, but upcoming. We got to do Raising Canaan Season 2 review. We got to do Avatar. Avatar 2 comes out in a couple of weeks, so we got to get this Avatar review out as soon as possible. Pray Glass Onion is out in theaters to follow up to Knives Out. Uh, If you aren't going to see it in theaters, it will be on Netflix December 23rd. So uh, we got the the last three movies that we're going to really try and knock out for y'all for the beginning of 2023. Yes, sir. Definitely excited, bro. And we appreciate you guys for listening and watching. And we out. Peace.